Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Off the Road with John and Josh. As always, I am Josh. Listen here, newbie. I'm John C. McGinley. You might recognize me from Scrubs, a few other things. But let me tell you something. I hate you, Jackman. Fair enough. Um, so, Doctor, you know, uh, can you... I, I have this, uh, this growth on my foot... Could you come and take a look at it? Is that a thing you could do? I'm going to need a 10 blade, a central line. I'm going to need a 10 count of O negative or O positive blood from the blood bank. I'm going to have to amputate that foot. I mean, if that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. All right, folks. We are on episode eight of Off the Road. Are we really up to eight already? Yes, we are. Episode number eight. That's eight days. Eight days. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's a lot of shit going on well, in the last. This is couple just gonna weeks. be a crazy episode. Let's put that out there already. Yeah, we got I a mean, lot we're of start news. With some lows, we're gonna work to some highs. There's gonna be some tears shed. It's true. Uh, well, maybe not on the show. Maybe from you, but not, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll I mean, talk you know about what they say. Shed. Ohana means family, and family means no one gets left behind. Damn, Skippy. But uh, yeah, so. Normally, we just kind of bounce around through the news, uh, but this week, since there are a couple of specific topics that just kind of exploded throughout the wrestling industry, we've kind of broken it up into these sections. We're going to talk about uh, the two kind of big things, big sets of things that have taken place, and then we're going to get into our kind of normal groove of bouncing kind of around with the, the all the other news, and then we're going to finish up with our review of the final chapter of Undertaker, The Last Ride. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, we realized a long time ago with the last version of Off the Ropes that kind of like sticking to one topic for too long kind of bored you guys. But like Josh said, with what's going on right now, we kind of want to get the solid, sad stuff out of the way. Yeah. And it's stuff that's got to get addressed. You can't, can't be wrestling fans right now in this society and ignore what's going on. So... You want to jump right into it? Yeah, let's just hop right into it. Let, uh, let's talk about. Go ahead. Sorry. So we're gonna we're gonna start off talking about uh, these this, this speaking out movement that has cropped up throughout uh, the last few weeks. Um, a wave of sexual assault and harassment allegations has popped up uh, all along Twitter using the hashtag uh, speaking out. Uh, it named several people throughout the industry in different companies, WWE, uh, NWA, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, uh, Shakar. I mean, pretty much everything is oh, getting, yeah. getting hit now. There's you know, legends people- getting hit. There's newbies getting hit. There are greenies who haven't even put their boots on yet getting hit. Yeah. Promoters. I mean, there's yeah. nobody safe in this movement right now. It's true. I, don't think, I should rephrase that. I shouldn't say nobody's <laughs> safe. Because obviously this is a movement for a reason. But, I mean, what's going on, man? Yeah, it's getting crazy. Um, so this came, this this really all started a few weeks ago. I think it was probably within the last two to three weeks, I'd say. Um, and, and when it first just kind of dropped online, and, and there was a decent number of stuff that happened right when it first dropped, uh, the most prominent allegation was uh, the now former NWA Vice President Dave Lagana. Uh, he was being accused of sexual assault 
Uh, he then resigned from NWA because of all these allegations. And then NWA released a statement about all of this. Uh, and this is what they said. Uh, Pursuant to allegations made by pro wrestler Liz Savage on her Twitter account, June 18th, 2020, NWA VP Dave Lagana has resigned his position effective immediately, as well as all production of NWA content is temporarily halted pending a restructuring of executive management positions. Uh, Lagana went on to deny all these allegations. Uh, So I just kind of want to start with that. Um, Get your thoughts on you know somebody like i mean nwa that's the nw is like the, the the grandfather of wrestling promotions i mean oh absolutely like really um so what are your thoughts on the the vice president of nwa getting hit and then quitting his job essentially because well, of all this i feel like with him quitting i mean it pretty much solidifies that he's guilty of something uh, whether or not it's as serious as the accusations. And before anybody comes at me for saying allegations, I stand by the fact that people are innocent until proven guilty. Most of these people are going to turn up guilty at some point. I'm still going to use the word allegations. Yes, I use the word allegations throughout. It's just um, allegations and reports. It's just that's that's well, the I terminology mean, that they use. It's, so. it's like I said, you know a lot of these guys are guilty. What they're oh, yeah. guilty of and how far it goes is a different story. But instead of just instantly pinning them for death sentences, I'm just going to stick with allegations. These allegations are serious. For him to step down before things even really get sorted out, like I said, that pretty much paints him being guilty of something. Um, I wouldn't have ever seen it coming from somebody high up like that, but I guess... With one of the other... I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of times it is... I mean, when you look at, you know, if you go back and you look at the, the Me Too movement that took place in Hollywood a few years back, and it's still kind of happening, um, it was a lot of big name producers that were kind of, things were kind of coming oh, yeah. out about, because they, they're they the ones with the power. I'm not going to lie, man. The Me Too movement and the Speak Out movement, I'm surprised these didn't happen, like, almost coincidingly, because it's so... Yeah, I agree. It is a little shocking that it took... Because what was that like three years ago? I think I want to say it was like 2017. I think so. Um, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's shocking that this is happening right now. And as a high up from NWA, because like you said, like the NWA is pretty much the grandfather of wrestling at this point. But again, it's not as shocking as one of the other names on this list. And I don't want to jump out of order. I know we're going to get to him at some point, but I'm just going to say Jim Cornette. Yeah, uh, and we will get to him um, soon. Yes, uh, I know we will. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm not going to jump around, so let's go. But shortly after the NWO story kind of broke, NWA. the N- NWA story, sorry, uh, broke, um, WWE came out, uh, and, and, and some stuff about them, uh, not specifically them, but some of their stars came out. Um, NXT star Jordan Devlin and NXT UK stars Travis Banks Joe Coffey and Tyler Bate uh, were all facing varying allegations of, of things. That not not all the exact same, but varying either sexual assault or harassment. These kind, you know, this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, WWE did release a statement following these reports. First, they came out and said, um, "We take any allegation of this nature very seriously and are looking into the matter." Now, when I first 
saw that statement. That was literally the, that was the first statement. That was the only thing they said. When I first saw that, I was like, that's not a good statement in my opinion. Um, it, it's, it sounds like one of those statements where they're trying to push things under the rug. Okay. So I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you saw that first. I don't know if you saw it because they, they released two statements. No, I didn't um, see. I didn't see either of their statements. Okay. What would you? Okay, so seeing as you have not seen or heard the other statement, what are your thoughts on that statement? I mean, <laughs> honestly, when you read that, I was like, "That's really vague." Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those like, we don't know what the hell's going on, so we're just going to issue this blanket statement right now yeah. just to cover our ass to make it look like. And we'll I get it because you, you don't you don't want to just stay silent about it, you know. I mean. You obviously don't want to stay silent about but it. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure which state, like, which, like, to either wait until you know more or to put out that kind of a statement. I'm not, honestly, I don't know which is better, but that's what they did. Um, the later on, they released the following statement. It says, individuals are responsible for their own personal actions. WWE has zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence, child abuse, and sexual assault. Upon arrest for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately suspended. Upon conviction of such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately terminated. WWE's ability to find, suspend, or terminate a WWE talent will not be, however, limited or compromised in any manner in the event incontrovertible evidence of such illegal misconduct is presented to the WWE. Essentially, what they're saying is, if you are um, charged with it, uh, you're suspended. If you're convicted, you're fired. But that it's not limited to that. Like if there is enough evidence, they can they can fire you yeah. if, if they so I choose. Feel like that's a load. And of they shit. did. They did fire people because they of did it. fire people, but not everybody. I mean, I don't know. Like I don't know if there's more people beyond the because I have more people on my list. Um, I don't know if there are other people that I did not find. Um, there may be, there probably are. Um, is, the, is the bro man on your list? Which one is that? Matt Riddle. See, the Matt Riddle thing that I saw, um, the only article that I found about it was about him cheating on his wife. Now see, the, he's got allegations against him. Okay. But apparently, see, I didn't see it. I didn't to, find anything about it. He went to the WWE about it, though, before whoever this was made a complaint. Okay. Or came out about it. So he kind of had his like foot on the gas to go before she did. And so WWE's protecting him. And they're like still going to let him have his push. And hmm. But so they're negating everything they're saying though. Because he should have at least been suspended by that that little statement. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear about that. Like I said, the only stuff that I saw yeah. was about someone coming out and saying... That they had, a, that he had a relationship and, and was che- had had been cheating on his on his wife or whatever, his girlfriend or wife or whatever it was. Um, but you know, as far as things like suspensions and such go, Jordan Devlin has been suspended indefinitely. Yep. And Travis Banks was recently terminated. Um, I didn't see anything about Joe Coffee or Tyler Bate. Um, there may be something out there. I just I I didn't I didn't find anything when I was. Uh, looking stuff up um aew star nyla rose and wwe nxt uk stars piper nevin and the women's champ uh kaylee ray have come out in support of the speak speaking out movement uh like 
is it Kylie? Okay. Kylie. Is it, okay. It's spelled Kaylee, so I was yeah, not sure how it was. Um, they've they've all come out, and there's there's others, but those are like kind of the most prominent ones. They've all come out in support of all this. Um, you know, it, this is a big thing. You know, I'm honestly surprised I didn't see more reports of of you know, especially the women. I've seen a lot story. of our indie friends yeah. in support of this. Yeah. I have seen a couple of stories from indie friends from when we were hanging out behind the scenes. Oh, and wow. I'm really sad that, like, because you know me back then. I wouldn't have hesitated to have put somebody in their place. Mm-hmm. But when something like that's going on, people don't want to talk about it, man. Like, that's it's a true. Project. It's true. Uh, and. That is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all this. Oh, God, yeah. We ha- There are so many other reports, and I am going to, with all these others, I'm going to start off with Jim Cornette. Yes, that's right. Jim Cornette uh, has denied coercing talent in OVW to engage in sexual activities with his wife to protect their careers, saying the only thing he's guilty of is, and I quote, having an interesting sex life so from all the reports that i'm reading it seems like jim Cornette and his wife are like swingers you know they kind of they do they're what and that's cool whatever man you do you yeah but you know when there are reports coming out of inappropriate conduct um grooming what's called grooming where you're setting people up to kind of essentially doing go into the same path as it's this whole thing uh, that I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if he's working for any companies right now. Uh, but if so, I hope he's not. I, what are your thoughts on this? Let's, let's just go ahead. Cause I'm not sure how to feel about it. I mean, I can't personally speak out against Jim Cornette. I don't, I don't know the situation. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, because like I said, you know, they're they're swingers and stuff, you know, and they he's admitted to like stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, the stuff that he's admitted to is, you know, all consensual, according to him, of course. So, um, but so I don't know. One of the things that really bugs me about sexual allegations, when it is one person accusing one person, there's there's obviously back and forth. If I accused you right now of sexual assault and we went to somebody about it it's my word against your word and there's going to be back and forth about it and there's always going to be well one of them's obviously lying if several people come forward and say josh did this to me there's obviously some some i'm not going to say it's 100 percent true but there's obviously some truth to that Something there's some sort of pattern, and obviously something had been going on. Yeah. So something has obviously been going on with Jim Cornette. The yeah. dude, first off, he's he's loud and boisterous. Yeah, so it shocked me that he would be the kind of guy to do something with talent. Yeah. Well, and doing stuff with with talent, talent is one thing, but it's boy. like, but like it's all about the so this whole thing is um, coercing people into these situations. To kind of like protect their careers, yeah. you know what I mean? And, that, and that's bullshit. I mean, politics yeah. backstage is bullshit enough to start, yeah. but throwing a monkey wrench like that, and I mean, what the hell? Yeah. So yeah, I, I like the whole Jim Cornette thing. I was like, holy shit! Like he's a like that's a that's a big name back there. So. Well, when but, we get down to the Beast Incarnate, I got a fun story to tell you about that. <laughs> one. 
Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Uh, but next up, we're gonna go into a little AEW territory. So there were two uh, stories that I found uh, coming out of AEW. I was surprised that's all I had found was was two. I and mean, there, there may be more, but that's what yeah. it, this, these are the two that I found. Um, the first one is Jimmy Havoc. Uh, his uh, ex girlfriend is claiming the, uh, emotional an emotionally abusive relationship. Uh, I read through uh, her statements and fuck, dude, this guy needs help, and he is getting help. Um, apparently, AEW is making him undergo treatment and counseling, and then they will assess his status after his rehab has been completed. Um, so she went on and talked about how, like, during their relationship, he would cut himself in front of her. He would threaten to, you know, threaten to kill himself. He would um, tell her, you know, that that she didn't love him and that she thought he was garbage and all this other stuff. You know, just self-deprecating uh, and 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 tearing her down in in the process. You know, and that's that's some fucked up shit. Now, oh, so fucked up. He's obvious. There's obviously something going on with him you know obviously and i'm glad that aew isn't just like throwing him to the wolves you know what i mean they're at least helping him yeah get help that he needs and then they'll and then they'll see from there you know he's obviously got a disturbance in him that needs to be fixed aew knows that jimmy havoc i mean yeah he might be a, a disturbed individual but he is still talented in the ring I mean, you got to hold on to what you have, and you got to try to work with the future, man. I mean, I get it. I get it. I feel bad for his ex, though, because that's a she's going to need years of like repair for herself now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, However, that's, the that's, other person in AEW, Sammy Guevara. Let's yes. talk about the Sammy Guevara side of things here for a second. All right. Sammy Guevara went on a couple like years ago. Yes, yeah, 2016. He was, he was in an interview on in 2016. Yeah, and straight out said the words, and I quote, "I'd rape Sasha Banks." Yeah, apparently now they that, were apparently they were uh, talking about stuff. I guess he wasn't even like he was just there as like a guest. He was like a local yeah. working a show or whatever. Um, and, and she was there and they were kind of like talking about how hot she was and he's in that and yeah and that's what he said he's like yeah man I totally raped Sasha Banks you know like that stupid frat bro oh yeah this shit is funny boys will be boys bullshit yeah. I mean the sad part is is I can't even deny that I'd never said something like that because I've said something like that behind closed doors jokingly and now I'm like wow I'm a real fucking scum for that um, and like I'm like man um, but I, that's a hard thing for him to like out in the open on a podcast, everybody yeah. listening. I mean, the world behind that one. Yeah. So he came out and, uh, tweeted a response says, um, I've made stupid, inappropriate and extremely offensive comments in my past. In my idiotic mind, I thought I was being funny and using words and terms that represent nothing but horror and pain. I am truly sorry for my hurtful words and actions and will never forgive myself. I also want to apologize to Sasha Banks for my unacceptable comments, he said. Uh, She's an amazing person who didn't deserve to be the brunt of my offensive remarks. I spoke with her earlier and she helped me learn a gigantic lesson and I thank her for that once again. I am sincerely sorry. What are your thoughts on his statement? Honestly, (laughs) 
I feel like AEW forced him to say it. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they told him that he needs to get out and and say something. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he got ahead of it and did say something, whether he was forced to or not, because you could at least see <clears throat> the emotion was real. I will yeah. say that. He really does feel bad for being stupid and saying something that he shouldn't have said. And, you know, plenty of people in these situations, they come out and they release a statement, even if they're saying that they are yeah. sorry. But he went to the step of actually sitting down and talking with Sasha Banks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's a step that a lot of people don't do. No. You know? And like I said, man, it's I give him a lot of credit because that's that's a harsh situation to put yourself in. Yeah. Um, I I really don't know what to say on top of that, man. Like, I don't want to say, like, I hope he gets better and, you know, shit like that. I feel like this whole situation, the culture of it needs to change. Yeah. Um, it's just a fucked up situation all the way around the, the, the track on this one. Yeah. Um, AEW did release a statement after all this, after his comments and everything. Uh, they said, AEW insists on doing our part to create a world of understanding and respect for humankind. We therefore strongly condemn the extremely offensive and hurtful words of Sammy Guevara. As such, effective immediately, Sammy is suspended without pay. Until further notice, Sammy has agreed to undergo extensive sensitivity training and upon completion, his future status within the company will be reevaluated. During his suspension, his salary will be donated to the Women's Center of Jacksonville. So, like, as you see from both stories throughout AEW, they're helping these guys to get the help they need to become better people. Yeah, you know? which is a lot more than what WWE is doing. The problem with some of the stuff that, from what I've read with WWE, is there some of it is far worse. Like, yes, the you have the emotional abuse, and that that's that's terrible. Him, you know, then Sammy saying this statement, and that that's re really bad as well. But when you're talking about like legit sexual assault, true. Like, I no, just no, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's a big, I mean, none of it is acceptable. But there are levels that should prompt you to take certain steps one way or the other. Oh, um, I agree. And I think that AEW took the right steps here to help out, uh, to try and help out these guys. And hopefully it works. Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully they I mean, become like better said, people. That's a shitty situation, man. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to move on to WWE. Uh, there are four in more individuals outside of the ones that we've already talked about through uh, NXT and all that. Um, we have Gentleman Jack Gallagher, uh, who is being uh, uh, accused of sexual assault. Uh, Ligero, I guess he's from NXT UK. I didn't know who this guy was, but again, sexual assault and a bunch of other stuff, too, oh, yeah. I was seeing. Uh, all, of, all of which he's denying. I like I don't know. It's it, there seemed to be a lot coming out about this guy. It is too much to to ignore from what it seemed here. Um, then Mike Chioda and Brock Lesnar. Now uh, both Jack Gallagher and uh, Ligero have been released from the company. Yep. Um, Mike Chioda, uh, I think it, from what I didn't see anything about him being fired. I think they're still looking into it. Um, from what I understand, he, he was kind of blindsided by it, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, and then 
the whole Brock Lesnar thing. I know you wanted to talk uh, a bit more about Brock Lesnar, but before we get to that, is there anything you want to talk about about the others that were mentioned? Not really. I mean, Jack Gallagher. I mean, gentleman Jack. I mean, he, he was he was okay. I didn't care that much about him. He certainly get a push though. So I mean, that was for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's untimely. I mean, yeah. And I don't I don't really know much about Mike Chioda. I know he's a he's a ref, he, right? He's a ref. Yeah, he's a ref. Yeah. But that yeah. Brock Lesnar story, man. <laughs> so go for it. If you if you go back in one of Jim Cornette's older podcasts, he talks about this in extensive detail. Um, Brock Lesnar pulling his dick out in front of Terry Runnels, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Yeah, here you go," pretty much, and he just apparently she was appalled by it. Which I mean, obviously you're gonna be, um, and apparently Brock was just he was he was young, he was in his twenties at the time. So I mean, yeah, of course you're gonna be like, oh, and hey, I mean, it's still not, it's still not a, 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 an acceptable behavior. No, not but at all. it's one of those things that, for unfortunately, was apparently just okay and ex- like, and it's like one of those, it's it's that whole, it's that whole boys will be boys mentality, you know that that well, I mentioned before. Me when you, you know, it's that locker that room thing, mentality. Right? Yep. And they're just like, oh, it's just Brock being Brock. And it just was brushed away for years. And she brought it back up during yep. all this. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, I mean, obviously nothing. Dude's still going to get his freaking paychecks. and probably In my opinion, he needs to, at minimum, issue an apology. Whether it's being forced or not, he needs to acknowledge what was done and that it shouldn't have. I wholeheartedly you know? agree. Otherwise, he should be. He shouldn't be on WWE television anymore. Personally, if he's, at my point, if he's past it. his prime at this point. Cut him. That's true. Yeah. Cut him. Uh, so we're uh, that's all for the WWE stuff. We've got um, some Impact Wrestling stuff to talk about. Uh, three superstars from over there, or wrestlers. I don't, I don't know if they what they call them over there. Um, have been uh, accused of various things. Uh, we've got Joey Ryan, Dave Christ, I think that's how you pronounce his name, yeah, and Michael Elgin. Uh, both Joey Ryan and Dave Christ have been fired from Impact, while Michael Elgin has been suspended indefinitely uh, f- pending further review of allegations. They released a statement earlier today. They fired him. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. The last statement that I saw, it literally, it's on here. Uh, I have it on here. It says Impact Wrestling confirms that it has terminated its contract with Dave Christ and Joey Ryan effective immediately. In addition, it has suspended Michael Elgin uh, pending further review uh, of allegations of misconduct. So they did fire him, they, though. They did. They cut their ties with him completely. Okay. okay. So yeah, it's not surprise. I mean, from what I understand, the Michael Elgin stuff wasn't as as egregious as the Joey Ryan and Dave Christ stuff. Well, um, we talked about this whole Joey Ryan side of it the other day. Yeah. And one of the things that really irritates me, and I don't have my phone next to me, so I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this. But he said right around the time where he invented the dick flip, he was going through <laughs> shit in his personal life. And he was going through his own amount of shit. He invented the dick flip. And his it, the one part of the quote that I can remember was, he was, quote, unquote, living the rock star life. Yeah. And I'm going to address this for a second, and I'm going to just... I know you typically don't censor yourself, but I do. 
So I'm going to say for the second here that if people don't agree with what I've got to say about this, I'm sorry. Joey Ryan is at no point in his career a rock star. (laughs) You are a fucking professional wrestler who at most, and I'm going to say this really clear, you're nothing more than a glorified indie wrestler, you fucking piece of shit. I never liked you to start. I never fucking liked your career. Even in WSX, you were nothing more than a background talent. Yeah. You are not a main eventer. You don't have anything that brings you to the table that makes you worth a while. So I don't know where the fuck you think you're Mick Jagger. But honestly, right now, you're one of the few people in the world that I'm going to put on my fucking list. And if I ever see you, I will personally take a fucking swing on you and go back to jail. Because I don't fucking like people like you. And you want to take your fucking rock star life and you want to fucking hurt somebody else? Come find me. I'm in Fredonia, New York. Mic drop. So, yeah, um, I guess uh, them's be your thoughts. I just, I don't understand it, man. You can't mm-hmm. justify shit like that. He, I mean, he's pretty much saying, yeah, I did this shit to people. Oh, well. well it, it, it makes me think of that whole Jim Cornette thing. It's like, oh, you know, I just have an interesting sex life. It's like, dude, nah. It's And yeah, it's the same instance, but at least like on Cornette, not justifying how he says it, but at least Cornette has like the, yeah, my wife and I are exploring like type shit. Like this is what we do. You can't be like, okay, total sideline side of it. We've had a friend that we know was attacked and we knew the guy who fucking attacked you can't just be like, well, sorry, my entire frat was fucking raping people, so I thought raping people was cool, too. Yeah. So at this point, you can't be like, well, rock stars go out there and do this kind of shit. I'm a professional wrestler. Let me do this to somebody. Because I'm sorry. Again, you're a nobody. You're Joey fucking Ryan. Nobody fucking knows who you are or cares who the fuck you are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I apologize. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, but if I see Joey fucking Ryan, I'm going to jack his fucking jaw. Bam. All right. So we are going to move over to uh, a fed that I don't think we've actually ever talked about on the show. And Shikara. that's Shikara. I have, before I saw this story, I hadn't thought about Shikara in a long time. I honestly didn't even realize it was still a thing. It is still a thing. It's still a thing. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, one of the uh, female wrestlers uh, who goes by Princess Kimberly, uh, she resigned from Chikara because of all these uh, accusations against the company. She said, uh, I'm just sick as of now. I cannot in good conscience remain a part of Shakara, and it's absolutely breaking my heart. Consider this my resignation as the princess. Don't know if I will be back on here today. This one really hurts. Uh, then she said, I feel like it's my fault. I feel like I was used to give women hope and make Shakara look like a safe place. I, I'm just disgusted. Going to be thinking long and hard about the rest of my future today. I love you all. Um, now, this whole thing was in reference to multiple women speaking out about their experiences with abuse at Shakara, including allegations against the owner, Mike Quackenbush. Now, Mike Quackenbush 
confirmed the dissolution of the promotion. So Shakara, he is shutting it down uh, in the wake of all these allegations. And he issued a statement that says, I have been made aware of recent allegations about myself and members of my team. Addressing these with openness and transparency is of the utmost importance to me. So these matters can be given the proper time and attention. I am discontinuing Shakara and resigning as head trainer at the Wrestle Factory. I'll make a full statement on these matters in the near future. Um, yeah, so what are your thoughts on the shutting down of Shakara, uh, on the way Quackenbush um, kind of handled the situation, and on, on Kimberly and how she took a stand? I mean, good for Kimberly. I mean, she's a really good professional wrestler, man. Like, I mean, she's appeared in AEW. She's appeared in a couple of other places. I'm 95% sure she made an appearance during the May Young Classic. I think, yeah, I think I saw that. I do, I do think um, I read that. I mean, so good for her for taking a stand for women. I mean, like, yeah. On the other hand of that, I had not heard about that, about Shakara <laughs> in this uprise. So I'm, I'm, I'm slightly taken back by that. I'm processing it, like, right now. And that's just like, damn, like, I mean, if Quackenbush is actually guilty, then good for him for shutting down the place. Um, we'll see where it goes, I guess. Yeah. Um, it it, 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 it kind of reminds me of the whole NWA story that we talked about at the beginning of all this, you know, with Lagana, you know, a, a higher up on the company, you know, doing all this. And then they, I mean, they didn't shut down. Like for good NWA, but they halted production on it because of all this stuff. Yeah, and yeah. with and with Quackenbush as the founder, you know, it makes sense. You know, you have to because he probably knows that what he did is accurate. Like, you know what I mean? That these allegations are probably true. Oh yeah, and so he knows that the shitstorm is about to come. You know what I mean? And he's probably it make it makes me think that what he's doing is he's preparing the rest of his team to essentially take over because he's not going to be there and i wouldn't be surprised if shakara eventually comes back but there's no way in hell he'll be there like i and if they are i tell you what i may have forgotten about shakara but i sure as hell won't forget about him now and they sure as hell will never get my support if they keep him on i mean the only way they could ever keep him on without having that reputation is by making him a silent partner Still, even if off of shit. even if it because some it it'll come out, you know what I mean? Like if one person finds out that Quackenbush is still involved oh, in I'm Shikara, saying, I agree, I agree. I'm just saying that would be the only way they'd ever. Yeah, probably, but even well, yeah, yeah. No, but if point, I find out even that, nah, out, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that whole that, it's crazy, isn't it? Just shutting down Shikara, man. That's kind of sad, man. Like I said, I didn't even realize it was still a thing, but it's still sad because it's like, oh wow, that uh, like when I first saw, it, I was like, oh shit, Shakara's still a thing, cool. And then I read it and I was like, oh fuck, yeah, not, dude, not that's cool. yeah. Like I said, this is just one of them things, man. Where this is crazy times and like, this is this is something though that's been needing to be happening for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like the term ring rat. I understand why the term is out there, but maybe it's time to hang up the term. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. All right, so we are going to get into our last section of the uh, Speaking Out movement, and that is Ring of Honor. 
Ring of Honor is launching an investigation into some claims that were made uh, about their wrestlers and in the speaking out movement. The company released a statement via social media saying, at Ring of Honor, we pride ourselves and inclusive one that ensures all employees can work in a place where they feel safe and respected. We take those matters extremely seriously and have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to this type of behavior. Ring of Honor has launched an immediate investigation into the claims made against its currently contracted wrestlers. We will update you on our investigation once it concludes. Um, ROH's Booker and wrestler Marty uh, Skrull Skrull. has uh, released two statements now regarding the allegations from a woman who claims he sexually abused her in 2015 after an IPW UK show when she was 16 years old and intoxicated. He claims the encounter was consensual and legal. His first statement read, I am aware that a young woman has bravely come forward with her account of sexual abuse by some members of the wrestling community in the UK five years ago, a community I was part of. Although I truly believe that our encounter that evening was consensual and the fact that the encounter was legal is almost not the point. I understand that she now views our encounter as part of a bigger problem within the wrestling community. What concerns me at this moment is that from what I have been reading, she is a fan of wrestling and was made to feel unsafe within that community. This is not acceptable. I also understand that people have been attacking her on social media, and I implore you to please stop. She has a right to voice her uh, right to her voice, and it is our responsibility to listen. Now, I'm not a huge fan of this statement. Just going to put that out there. You know, first off, I don't care if in the UK 16 is legal. 16, I'm pretty sure, is legal down south here, too. I'm pretty sure. Doesn't mean that you should be trouncing after preteens, man. Or whatever you want to call it. They're not actually technically preteens. She's thinking, but still, a 16-year-old, like... And I don't know how old he was or how old he is, but I'm pretty sure he was probably like an, an adult. I was going to say, you know I think I mean? he was probably been in like late 20s, early 30s at that point. Yeah. Um, and it's even, like I said, even if it's legal, it's creepy as fuck. So, you know what I mean? I will, I will applaud him on this much. I don't know if you know his portrayal in professional wrestling. No. Marty Skrull is the villain. Okay. He's one of the, like the biggest names in the Bullet Club at this point. Uh, one of the continuous members over time. He's constantly referred to himself as the villain, Marty Skrull, or however you say his name. I think it's Skrull. Skrull? So however you want to pronounce it, though, as the villain, I will give him enough credit to say I think it was really polite of him to at least defend her and say back off her on social medias. Because he obviously is acknowledging that whatever happened, happened. Yes, you shouldn't be going after young people. Yes, he made a mistake, but at least he's owning up to it. Whether Uh, or not it was consensual is another story. And I'm (laughs) Sam torn on this one because I, I applaud him for at least trying. And he did release a second statement uh, about what happened that night. And wanting to see change in pro wrestling going forward. So I'm going to read that. This one's a little bit longer, so just stick with me here. 
In 2015, after a wrestling event in the UK, I had a brief consensual sexual encounter with a woman. First off, a woman? You're stretching the term there a little bit. She's 16 freaking years old. She's a she was a kid, man. She's a kid. Yeah. I'm just, starting there. Out brief. He's admitting it didn't last long. <laughs> uh, in that moment, at a bar, in those cir- in those circumstances, I had no cause to question her age. I don't say uh, of this lightly or to seek absolution for my ignorance. Although I did not become aware of her age until after the encounter. The reality of the age disparity is not lost on me. I understand that although our encounter was technically legal in the UK, my lack of good judgment that evening has disappointed many fans. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick pause here. At no point is he saying, what I did, I shouldn't have done. If I had known her age, I never would have done that. Not even once does he come close to saying that. What What he is saying is he's saying, oh man, I probably should have found out her age, but eh, it's technically legal. And the fans are the ones disappointed in me. He's not saying he's disappointed in himself. True. So so, so we're kind of going there. He goes on to say, this week, the woman I'm referencing bravely shared her stories of abuse uh, she experienced while attending wrestling events during that time period. My name has been included in one of those recollections she has shared. I can only speak to what I know to be true and my own actions. The system must change to protect the most vulnerable and provide an ecosystem where female fans and athletes can engage and participate safely. The time is now. As a person who has been identified as part of the problem, I am unreservedly committing to be part of the solution. In the very short term, I am looking to work within the industry to create better security protocols at events to provide a safe environment for all fans. Words are no longer enough. Action is needed. Now, I do think that the things that he's saying in this last paragraph are very important. You know, um, there are things that definitely need to be said, things that definitely need to be done. And I don't necessarily, I I don't honestly, because he never actually, in his statements, he never says what specifically she's accusing him of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is she saying that he forced himself on her? I, I don't know because in the article that I was reading, it didn't have that. It just had his stuff. Um, so if if it's just kind of a, you know, I was 16 and and, you know, he shouldn't you know, he t- took it took advantage of me kind of a thing, even though it was tech technically legal. You know, I still Honestly, I still consider him a scumbag, um, just for 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 just for doing what he did. Um, yeah, I do appreciate the things he says at the end. I do appreciate that he is uh, essentially calling out for the you know the the industry to change and and for these female fans and wrestlers to have. To, to feel safe in this in this space, and that's great because it absolutely needs to happen. Absolutely, you know, nobody should feel afraid doing doing what they love, watching what they love, any of that. It's it, it's it's bullshit. No one should ever feel that way, and that part at least I, I'm happy about. But what what are your thoughts? What, I mean, I know I threw a lot of stuff at you, a lot of stuff going on. What are your overall thoughts going on with this Ring of Honor stuff? 
I mean, I feel like out of all the companies, Ring of Honor has probably got like the least. Um, I don't know if I want to use the word damage control, but like they've got the least amount like going at this point to like change things. It yeah. seems Ring of Honor is just kind of like, well, I mean, you know, it's locker room. Oh well. <laughs> um, at least I haven't heard Ring of. I mean, I've been like I like you said. I've been trying to keep up with as much of it going on as I could. There is a lot of this going on. Right and now. I'm sure there will be more, too. You know what I mean? I'm sure our next episode, there will be another crop of things. I don't that, doubt that it. I up. mean, look at, look at it this way. This is the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. This is this is the start of people feeling <laughs> comfortable enough to share their stories. And, which... and we haven't really gotten any super big names out of this yet. And that was one of the things that shocked me about this. I talked with this uh, the other day with a couple of guys at work about how the lack of bigger names is shocking to me. Although Austin Aries is on the list and we did not oh, cover him. Is he? See, I didn't know. I didn't hear about that. Okay. It's because right now he's technically not signed to a company, so he's just kind of flying solo. Mm. But Austin is on the list. Okay. And he I don't know. This whole situation is it upsets me. For a lot of different reasons, many of which you know, um, I just I don't know anymore, man. Like this is a, it's one of those times where I want to see things get better, but I know it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Uh, to anybody who's been affected by this, like I'm really sorry, because uh, this is, this is a fucking rough time. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh... I'm glad that this uh, this hashtag speaking out movement is happening. Um, it's. Long time coming, uh, and like we said before, I'm shocked it didn't happen when Me Too happened. Oh God, you I know, mean, yeah, I like, that would have been the perfect time to have brought a lot of this to light. Yeah, but it seems so. like a lot of this has been within the last few years too. Yeah, I mean, Which, I, I guess. Mean, like I said, I know Me Too wasn't that long ago either. Yeah, but it was also focused more on Hollywood. That is that is also true. So, so uh, but, but not not you know. Nonetheless, I am glad it's 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 happening. and People are. Uh, uh, you know the some people are taking responsibility some people are denied denied deny you know they are pushing 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 back on some of this stuff um but i'm glad things are happening i'm glad the companies are taking this seriously and that they are uh you know putting up the you know punishments that are deserved where they need to be uh, oh, yeah. um getting some people help and, and getting rid of the trash out there as well so yeah if, uh, uh, i know this doesn't really add to much if there's anybody who's listening who needs somebody to talk to and needs mm-hmm. an ear um you know you can reach out to me on facebook at j john made um shocker i'm back on twitter yes he is reach out to me at twitter forward slash simply sane um I mean, I'm always here for people. I'm is it just simply saying? I thought there was something else after it. Oh, is it simply? It might be simply saying one. Let me double check. I don't uh, know because I think that, uh, it, that yeah, it's okay. So it's simply saying J one. So okay. So Twitter S I M P L Y S A N E J and then the number one. Simply saying J one. So, I mean, hit me up, people. I, 
Josh can attest to this. This is one of the biggest things I am. I am a lightning rod of people to talk. I will hold your secrets dearly. I will help you get through this shit. I want to be here for people. True. If, if there's anything I can do for anybody, even if it's just to help you feel safe, let me know. Reach out to me. You can always reach out off the ropes, JJ, on all the social medias as well. All right. So that is all for uh, that portion of the show. Um, we're going to move on to the next portion of the show. Not quite as long, but uh, it, it's still a, a bit of a downer. This I mean, is our COVID-19 section of the podcast. Hold on, let's do it like this. <clears throat> Welcome to the COVID-19 coverage of 2020. Josh, <laughs> tell me, how are things looking out there today? Things are looking like shit. <laughs> um, so several WWE employees, including in-ring uh, in talent, have reportedly tested positive for COVID-19. On our last episode, we talked a little bit about some COVID stuff and how um, some backstage people had had tested positive, but no in-ring talent had tested positive yet, which I was like, okay, well, that's good at least, you know. Yep. But now we've got in-ring talent uh, testing positive. Um, so the WWE's come out and said that they will uh, reportedly no longer allow friends and family in the crowd. So they're going to lessen up their crowds a little bit, which is probably a good thing. Um, no wrestlers have come forward with positive cases yet. So, like, yeah, there are a handful of people who have come forward, which I, I will talk about in a moment, but none of them are actually any of the in-ring talent that they mention. Um, I don't know if there's a reason for that. Uh, I don't know if WWE doesn't want them to. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're just, I don't know what it is, but, uh, I feel like they're so just trying to cover their asses. it's possible. Um, especially if they're still going to be working, which I hope, like, I, I hope that they make them because if you've got an in-ring talent who tests positive, you best be fucking sending them home and quarantining them. Yep. And then if, if it's somebody who's there every week and then all of a sudden they're go off air for two weeks, you're going to notice. Oh yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel like what the protocol should be. Like, should you out these people? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I feel like some of them should do it to out themselves. Because it did some of the... So we have two producers, uh, Adam Pierce and Jamie Noble, uh, both came out and confirmed that they uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, and two hosts. We have uh, Kayla Braxton, who confirmed this is now her second time contracting it. And Renee Young. Uh, has it as well. Um, Poor Mox. No, yeah. Uh, AEW has uh, pulled John Moxley from uh, from Dynamite uh, tapings uh, just as a precaution. He's being quarantined. Originally, apparently, I was reading they wanted to uh, isolate him in like a hotel, but he was like, "No, I don't want to leave my wife when she's sick." So yeah. apparently, they're um, quarantining in different rooms. So they're not together. They're they're in the house together, but they're not together together. You know what I mean? That's which good. is which is good. Um, he has a match coming up uh, at uh, Fighter Fest in like two weeks. I think yep. it's less. I think I think because I think he's on the second night, so it's it's less than two weeks now. 
Um, and so what they said is that you know he'll be tested regularly, and as long as he stays negative up until the day of, then he's he might be they didn't even say he would be able to. They said he might be able to still compete. I'm sure they'll have I'm sure they'll have a because it's a it was a it's a title match and we'll get into it in our because like I have a whole thing where we talk about Fighter Fest and, and I have the card on there. So we'll talk about it then. But um I I'm sure they have a backup planned, I would hope. Otherwise so- you're just cutting an entire match that would that's probably you're probably talking at least a 20 minute match. You know what I mean? And that's a big chunk of time to just all of a sudden be gone. Yeah. So I hope that they do have a backup in case something happens and he either gets it or just you know can't do it. Um so uh some other wrestlers have chosen to step away as a precaution, including Kevin Owens. Uh, now we've seen this before, we saw this with Roman Reigns, we saw it with Sami Zayn, yep. you know, so this isn't new to see, but with you know, with Florida spiking like almost 6,000 cases in one day uh, just recently. It was bound to happen with, you know, they're, they're all down there. That's they're essentially just all probably just living down there. I, I, what are your thoughts before we get into, cause there's some, some AEW stuff as well. What are your thoughts on uh, some of the people that we've talked about and, uh, and, and the whole situation going on at WWE? Well, I guess one of the big things I'm going to address with this is with the Kevin Owens deciding to step away, is this going to effectively stunt his push that he was getting? Because, I mean, we see what happened to Roman. Mm-hmm. We know what happened to Sami Zayn. Yep. I mean, it's a shitty situation for both of those men, especially since Roman was legitimately pretty much on top of the company. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not a huge Kevin Owens fan, but, I mean... He's still pretty talented. Yeah. He's great on the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad, though, because, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't want to be there either in this situation. Like, I'm, I'm oh. on the side of, like, why would why would I want to be there and risk this? Exactly. I mean, you've got people who are backstage and, like, barely at shows. Like, like Renee Young is barely at any of these shows, and she contracted freaking... Yeah, fuck. They, they do the, the, the pre-show... Uh, from home now. Yeah. For for all the pay per views, you yeah. know, like they 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 Skype in or whatever program they you know, Streamyard or Zoom or whatever they yeah. happen to use, uh, with all of them for for that, and yeah, and she still came down with it because I, I'm not going to get into the whole fucking Florida thing, but <laughs> I mean, it is what it is at this point. I mean, we're, we've pointed fingers and put blame long enough. This is one of those points where people need to just start taking better precautions. Yeah. Just because beaches and parks and getaways are open does not mean that you need to be out there. Yeah. Stay home. Have some family time. Catch up on some reading, some cleaning. Do some redecorating. Watch a movie. I watch movies all the time. I mean, there are you... options. Yeah, man. Definitely. I would say procreate, but I mean, you're the stupid people who are spreading COVID, so don't procreate. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Protection. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm. I, I'll be honest. I'm kind of interested uh, to see who kind of comes out next. Um, if any wrestlers 
do come forward about it and, and who actually winds up with it and what I mean, Vince has still vowed that they're gonna keep putting on shows and and all this stuff. So uh, I I don't know how long that's He's gonna last. Vince McMahon doesn't make that money. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that's gonna last if his crew keeps getting getting cases and getting sick and things. We'll see. Um, but AEW or but WWE is not the only place with positive cases, as AEW's Tony Khan announced uh, that they had some as well. Um, and no specific uh, names have come out from what I saw for for uh, AEW. However, uh, QT Marshall was pulled from Dynamite, similarly to John Moxley, uh, for coming into contact with somebody with a positive case, just as a precaution. He did not name who that person was, um, but somebody, at least at least one person there has got it, probably more. Uh, they're just keeping it under wraps, and hey, I get it. You know, you don't want to have some crazy mob of people just knocking down the doors or whatever, but... Uh, he got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> He's got COVID. No? Does he, have, does he have fluid? Or does he He's have COVID? got fluid. <laughs> yeah. And his name is Wayne, John. It's Bruce and Wayne. How do you forget that? Come on. <laughs> you realize you said his name is Wayne John. Had to be John Wayne in the phone book. It would be. It would be. So, uh, yeah, that is all I've got for the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, is there anything you want to add before we move on to our other news? COVID-19 can suck my balls. All right, and we're moving on. Uh, so now we're going to jump into our random other news of the, of the last couple of weeks. And uh, first story up, NXT... Winner takes all match announced for July 8th. Uh, now we will dive into it a little bit more when we talk about something else that's taking place. Uh, but this was announced. Uh, the winner of uh, this past Wednesday's uh, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor match, who happened to be Keith Lee, he retained, uh, is going on to face Adam Cole on July 8th and a uh, winner take all match. So the person who wins will get both the NXT Championship and the NXT North American Championship. John, what are your thoughts on a winner take all match? Well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> we all know I'm on the uh, Adam Cole train. Baby! Baby. I am a Keith Lee fan, so we'll be uh, we'll be button heads, I think. Yeah, but let me let me ask you this. Does Keith Lee have a cool uh, catchphrase? You know what his cool catchphrase is? Boom! I'm going to put you through a plexiglass, bitch. Undisputed <laughs> error, baby. Baby! I believe. Get it? So, one of the people we forgot to mention about the whole speaking out thing. Oh, is this also here? being affected into this whole storyline. Okay. Velveteen Dream. Oh, I see. I, I definitely didn't see that one. That is why Keith Lee is being pushed up right now. Because it is looking very positive that Velveteen Dream is going to be taking the high road, baby. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, is there yeah. some serious allegations? I'm not going to say what they were, but they were pretty serious. Really? Well, shit. Now, I don't know how that one flew by me. 
You've been doing a lot of research lately. And you've been doing a lot of editing the other night. <laughs> it's true. Now, let me do some dude love here for you a second. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, you cool cats, listen here. See, you got a lot of shit going down in the WWE right now with this whole... You got the NXT, you got the Raw brand, you got SmackDown, baby! But let me tell you something, cool cats. Adam Cole ain't gonna lose his strap to nobody. And I mean nobody. Ow! Except for Keith Lee. No, it ain't gonna be Keith Lee's time! He is gonna beat him, not because he's black, but because he's talented. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if it's if it's a, a no-win situation. That would be an interesting way to go. And I could see somehow Gargano interfering. And... Both Gargano and Baylor. And so like one attacks each, and so it's like a double, like, like true. It's, 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 what, I, fucking, I can't remember. I can't even speak today. Double <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Yeah, something like that. And However, they, there is that. something that happened recently in NXT that I know is not on your list today. Okay. I would like to address it before we go further into what's happening. Okay. Let's talk about Phantasmo taking off his mask and rebranding himself. Ooh, okay. The Cruiserweight champion literally, boom, pulled his own mask off and reveals that he is not going to call himself... I should have I should have made a note about this. It's something Escobar. Oh, okay. He I'll... is... You keep You keep talking. He he looks phenomenal. It see now I've heard a lot of stories from people who have watched Luchador wrestling and like Rey Mysterio in the like late nineties, early two thousands when he took off his mask. Hoovertude Guerrero was the same way. I have heard that once you take your mask off, go ahead. No, keep going. No. Oh, I thought you had something. I have heard that once you take the mask off, you can perform so much better because your eyesight isn't hindered, you can breathe better. Um, Phantasma's mask wasn't the greatest for him. It wasn't like Rey Mysterio's. It's like it's got decent eye spots and a huge open for the mouth. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Did you find it? No, I don't see it anywhere. Hmm. Eh. I'm sure somebody... How about this? If you guys know, send us a voice message. Just say, hey, idiots, his fucking name is this. Look your shit up. Or and if then I get had, online. you know, left my phone to die and then charged it while we were doing this, I could have pulled it up. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting thing because it's not, there's not many luchadors anymore that take their mask off. Mm -hmm. I mean, we clearly saw two different Sinkaras at one point <laughs> get switched out, and we knew that the second one replaced the first one, and we still played it along and we're like, it's the same guy. <laughs> oh, shit. That's good. That's good. All so, right. Yeah, back to NXT. Back to NXT. Uh, I mean, that was all I had about that until we get into the actual uh, later on story. Like, we can dive into other stuff about it. But um, my next story is about the SmackDown hacker. Oh, yeah. It's being reported that the original plan for the SmackDown hacker, was in fact to have it be Mustafa Ali. John called it. That's right. Oh. How, many, how many times did you call it? Several times. Several. Mm -hmm. But with news of him being moved over to Raw, 
uh, already uh, coming out. It seems that this may have been dropped. Another reason this may have been dropped, Paul Heyman was fired from his role as executive director of Raw. Now, yeah. he still works for the WWE. He'll still be an on-air talent. But he is no longer the executive director of Raw. And so they are going to be reorganizing and reshifting stories and things like that. Uh, and it seems that the SmackDown hacker angle will either disappear or they may wait a little bit and bring it back up with somebody new. Uh, my thought and my hope is that they kind of wait a little bit until they can start having, you know, a crowd again. So it might be a little while. Um, yeah. Because you don't want the reveal to be, especially if it's somebody big. Like I, It needs to be somebody at this stage in the game, how long it's been, they've been milking this freaking thing. It needs to be somebody big, like the whole the whole rumor of it being uh, 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 CM Punk or both CM Punk and AJ Lee. You want a crowd for if, if that's the case, you want a crowd for that. Absolutely. You want that reaction now, just well, insane reaction. Yeah. Like if it's gonna be a face, they're gonna get a reaction no matter what. It could be somebody nobody cares about. They're still gonna get a pop from the crowd. Yeah. So. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that they were planning it to be Mustafa Ali? And uh, then what are your thoughts on the Paul Heyman thing? So I want you to kind of well, tackle both. Starting with the whole hacker thing, you know I don't like to say I'm right when I'm right, but toot toot, <laughs> just saying. Um, I called that shit. Nobody believed me. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, as far as Paul Hammond goes, I heard when that happened that they were taking him out of his role. I don't agree with it. I thought Raw was actually getting a hell of a lot better with him behind the helm, yeah. taking control. I mean, he literally grabbed a bull by the horns and shot. I'm curious him up. as to what happened. Like, it's, it's fucking Paul Heyman. I think it's a lot of different things. I think COVID has a lot to do with it. I think unhappy superstars have a lot to do with it. I'm not going to be shocked if the Speak Out movement had something to do with it. Mm. I mean, I hate to say it. Look at who the top Paul Heyman guy is. Uh, yeah, I get it. I who get advocated it. for him in 2002. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say so, but, I mean, I'm typically right. If anything, you know, he may have been complicit in stuff. You know what I mean? Even if he didn't do stuff himself. You know, he may have known about things. Just let it go. Who knows? I, I, so, I don't know. Not saying that's what's happening. So but I you feel don't. bad for Paul Heyman, though, because I personally know a lot of people don't like him. I personally love Paul Heyman. I love Paul Heyman. I don't like Brock Lesnar, but I love Paul Heyman. <laughs> you mean you don't like Brock Lesnar? I mean, I don't mind how he says it. That's cool. But the guy, not so much. But. Is what it is. But a guy I do like quite a bit is Bray Wyatt. That's right. Is that Bray why you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt today? Let's let's hear it, John. Let's hear it. <clears throat> Let me in. Yeah. Bray Wyatt recently uh, teased the return of the Wyatt family, uh, or at least the return of the Eater of Worlds. 
Uh, he brought back that persona on a recent episode of SmackDown yeah, and uh, posted a tweet about the Wyatt family, like an old tweet, like a picture uh, of them. Um, now, this is most likely a ploy to get at Braun leading into their match um, and, and less likely that it's actually going to be some sort of uh, Bra- uh, Wyatt family reunion, seeing as Luke Harper is now in AEW as Brody Lee. And even Rowan, his non-compete ends four days before Extreme Rules. Yep. So I I wouldn't be shocked if he winds up on AEW. You know what I mean? And yeah, then, yeah, I, I really don't think uh, we're going to see the Wyatt family back. Maybe it'll be like somehow uh, uh, the Eater of Worlds, you know, gets into the mind of Braun Strowman and he starts to follow, you know, he gets the black sheep mask again and and there's a little something like that who knows but um no matter what i think it's going to uh just it's gonna it's, it's gonna lead into some interesting stuff between bray and braun and i'm looking forward to it uh down there so and uh speaking of extreme rules we also got a little bit of news about uh the next pay-per-view and that is that they've changed the name of extreme rules to Extreme Rules, the horror show. Um, my assumption is that this is going to be a reference to the Bray and Braun match and what uh, they're going to bring to it. It is reportedly uh, going to be the cinematic match of the night. Um, John, first off, what is your thought on the whole Bray Wyatt situation and on this horror show do, uh, name change? Do you even need me to speak on the Bray Wyatt situation? Hey, man. I mean, you say we all what you want to say. We all know I'm a firefly. You there are. is no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a great match between the two of them. I wasn't disappointed with their last match. Uh, I thought it was a little shorter than it should have been, but that was my only complaint. Yeah. The reintroduction of the Eater of Worlds cult leader gimmick side to things, I love it. Because, honestly, I liked when Bray was doing the cult leader thing because I thought we got a lot of good shit that was ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, Luke Harper, Brody Lee can't be there because he's AEW. Mm-hmm. Eric Redbeard, I don't think he's going to show up or Rowan or whatever you want to call him because, like you said, four days left on his no compete. He can show up wherever he wants at that point. I wouldn't risk it. You know you're probably not going to get brought back by the WWE, and even if you do, you're probably going to get saddled with some shitty-ass gimmick anyway. Don't risk it. Fucking yeah. fuck them at this point. <laughs> Let this go down between Bray and Braun, and we can see where the hell this is going to go. And, I mean, like, like this is, like, there's still at least another two to three matches that can be pulled out of this if they play it just right. Um, and you can have Braun win 90% of these, putting Bray under, and have Bray keep coming back. And, like, I love that Bray Wyatt is pulling a Matt Hardy at this point. Because yeah. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt in their respective free, like, their free personas themselves are friends. And when Matt Hardy left the company, Bray was like, I'm sorry, like, I, I'm, I'm really sad you're gone. And Matt was like, you'll do good. Like, I, and, like, and, like, I love the two between the two of them. Matt Hardy's been doing a multiple gimmick thing on AEW, so why not have Bray do something similar? Yeah, what, like, are, you, what, are, your thoughts, what are your thoughts on them doing that do you think that they're gonna do more gimmicks with him Absolutely. you think we'll see a husky harris kind of throwback <laughs> so, okay so we discussed this the other uh-huh. day and i think if they did it right 
I think that you could bring back the Husky Harris gimmick. You could even possibly, like, I, I don't know. But I had thought about an angle that a lot of people hadn't thought about currently either. They want to bring back a version of the Wyatt family. There's still somebody who's technically on roster right now who you could use who wasn't released in the whole furlough gone situation. And he's closely related to Bray Wyatt. Believe oh, in yes. Bo Dallas. That's his little brother, man. He started growing on that beard. It'd be a great time to add him to the Wyatt family. Believe it, in the Wyatt family. Yes, and that is what I'm saying. You, I mean, if Bray's going to start to try to revert to an older gimmick, you have Bray or Bo come out and he's like, for a long time I stood here and I got my ass kicked by everybody. We were the B team and we, we, we lost. I lost my sight in my believing. And now I believe in the Wyatts. And he, like, he renounces the name Bo Dallas and starts going by Bo Wyatt. That would be Boom. kind of awesome. What I'm saying right now. I Bo dig Dallas. that. I dig that. Actually, I really dig that. Let us know. Uh, hop on Twitter uh, at Off the Ropes JJ or hop on Anchor at Off the Ropes JJ. Leave us a voice message on Anchor. What are your thoughts? Do you think? Bo Dallas will become Bo Wyatt. Is that something you'd like to see? Let us know. Now, as far as the extreme rules side of things, I don't like that they added the little whatever, whatever to it. The horror um, show. I don't... Say it, John. The horror show. Nope. There's only one horror show in my book, and that is the Rocky Horror Show, sir. Fair enough. And no, I'm not going to say picture, because the original Broadway was the Rocky Horror Show. Okay, okay, stop. Get out of here. Go away. No. <laughs> um, I don't think Extreme Rules needed a, a secondary title to it. Extreme Rules is Extreme Rules. It always has been, always will be. It is the one time a year where WWE goes extreme and they tear the house down. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's just what they do. They tear the house down. You know what it reminds me a little bit of? The old... ECW on sci-fi where they tried to keep things with a sci-fi slash horror edge. They had the vampire gimmick. They had a zombie dude come in at one point. Yeah, but that's what it makes me think of. That was done decently. Yes. But like, I'm saying, like, this, this, as, this gimmick know, name, you know, WWE extreme rules, the horror show. That's what it, that's what it reminds me of. It brings back those types of memories. Well, it's funny. And those aren't great. We discussed how when extreme rules was being talked about and brought up for the year, it was purple and green. It was a hardy thing. Yeah. They changed the like, logo and everything. Yeah. I was like, oh man, maybe they're going to do something about Jeff. And now that it's been labeled as the horror show. And there I said it, the horror show. I'm like, yeah, that explains the dark colors. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, we still might see something with Jeff. I, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, Extreme Rules is good, cool, good enough as of a name on its own. It didn't need to add the horror show. It's I, I wasn't a fan of that, but we'll see. I'm not. I'm never gonna just say. I'm not gonna be like, yo, about to sit down and watch Extreme Rules, the horror show. No, nah, I'm gonna say I'm about to sit down and watch Extreme Rules. End of sentence. Yeah. All right, so. Next up, we've got Sarah Logan announces she is stepping away from wrestling for the foreseeable future. Um, she was released from the WWE back during the uh, the whole April purge that happened, uh, and apparently she's uh, 
she's done. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's kind of... Well, first, let's start by she's not going by Sarah and Logan anymore. She's now going by Sarah Rowe, which is her married name. That's true. Um, but I feel like most fans wouldn't know who I'm talking about. So. Too bad for them. <laughs> That's why I still put uh, Luke Harper in the well, notes and then said who he also is. Because if you're not watching AEW, <laughs> or you may if you don't know him from his indie days, you wouldn't have any idea what the fuck a Brody Lee is. That's true. You might be I like, oh, that is that that guy from those Kevin Smith movies? I, I do personally think that WWE is making a mistake letting Sarah Logan go. Uh, I think she was a, a really good female talent. Yeah. I think she had potential to actually be somebody. But, I mean, at this point, good for her. I know she's focusing on her health and family, and uh, she's looking into... She's starting a business, and I forgot what it was. I should have wrote it down. I, I've been reading up on stories the last week as well, but I've been overwhelmed with a lot of other shit as well. Yeah, um, there's a lot of shit going on in the world. Oh, dude, there is. There is. Yeah. But I know, like, she's, like, she's happy in her free time right now, so good for her. Yeah. I liked her. Uh, I thought she was a really interesting person to watch, you know? Uh, you know I thought she was a good wrestler. And and when when the Purge dropped in April, I was shocked that she was on that list. And me and you talked, you know, about how we thought that she was going to be one of those few that would probably get brought back, you know, fairly quickly. Kind of yeah. like the way um, uh, it was a Drake Maverick got brought back. You know, he was he stuck around. And they brought him back, and I yep. feel like there was somebody else, but I don't know. Um, I thought she was going to be one of those, but she wasn't. And and then when it came out that she was completely stepping away from wrestling, you know, essentially for I mean, she the way she's talking, it's like that she's done. You know, yeah, she's already said she doesn't see herself coming back. Yeah, and if she does, it it'll be under her terms. I, I, I was shocked by that. I was like, wow. I was like, but you know what? She's going out on her terms. She's choosing. It's not like, you know, she, she had some sort of debilitating injury or, or whatever, or something happened where no company would hire her again. Um, she's, she made a decision for herself or her family. Yeah. And I respect that, you know? So I, I wonder if when the Viking Raiders um, contract ends, if they'll resign. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't I know mean, where the, I don't know where they live. Know, her, so. uh, her husband is half the Viking Raiders. He is Eric. I don't know where they live, so uh, like I don't know if it's like a commute kind of thing for I, them. I, I don't know if they still live there, but I know he is from like the Cleveland Pittsburgh area. Okay, like he is like he's wrestled with a lot of our friends. Okay, he's wrestled with John McChesney and Shane Taylor and Jay Rock and Collier, okay. Bill. Bill, you're Bill. watching, Bill. You rock. Anyway, no, Bill doesn't listen to us. He's too good for us. <laughs> Watch. He'll be the first voice message. He's like, motherfucker, I listen to you every time you put an episode Look, out. If Bill Collier's listening to us right now, you still owe us an interview, you dick. <laughs> uh, but Sarah Logan is not the only person who's out of wrestling, at least for a, a little while. Uh, Charlotte Flair is reportedly going to take an extended break from the WWE following wait, her wait. recent I've been injury. working on this joke for a week. Uh-oh. Cares. <laughs> should have ended it with the word cares. I should. Cares. No? 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 Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, however, WWE is already making plans for her return. So the, the reports that I've been seeing are saying that... Um, she will most likely be returning sometime between like Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. So sometime in the back, 
you know, that back quarter of the year. Um, but she could come back sooner. She, if, if like a good storyline emerges, I feel like it, she's probably not. Okay. I feel like it, she will probably stay out until that minimum survivor series. I would not be shocked by that. Um, it's also being reported that when she does return, WWE is already planning a triple threat title feud between her, Asuka, and Nia Jax, which means that Asuka and Nia Jax are going to continue to be in a title feud, possibly all the way up to fucking Royal Rumble. And I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know if I like that. That's a long program. That is a very long program. So thoughts, John? What, What do you got? What do you got for me? Lay it down. Good for Charlotte to be gone. I don't like her. I mean, I'm sad. I'm sad she got hurt. I will at least say that. I am sad she got hurt. Absolutely, yeah. She's that gone. sucks. I mean, she's been. She's like we may we may poke fun at her, may not necessarily like her all that much, really. But she is a hard worker. Like, oh, she's she's absolutely. she's fucking there, man. Most of my issues with Charlotte Flair stems down to two words. Silver Spoon. Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Nepotism all fucking day. How long has she been in this company? Not that long, really. Not not long enough to be where she is. And she is already a 12-time champion? I'm not a fan of that. They're trying to turn her into her father, but it took her father, what, fucking 30, 40 years or whatever? Yeah. Of fucking... Working his ass off well, and, and to get to what I'm saying. Like, he got. I, and, I mean, you look at it in the the worst case scenario. She got hurt a couple years ago. She came back and was instantly back in the title picture. Mm-hmm. It's almost like John Cena back in like the early two thousand, like the mid two thousands, when everything revolved around him having a championship. Yeah, like right, like right around like two thousand ten, where it's like fucking, he was just bouncing back and forth, championship, championship, cha- like. Leading right up to fucking Ric Flair's record there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he got close. Like 14 or 15 or something shit. I don't think he... I'm pretty sure him and Flair are tied right now at 16. are they? I didn't realize that they had tied. That's probably why they stopped letting him go for the title. Because they don't want him to break it. No. I mean, I don't even think he should have gotten there. I think he should have stayed at least one below. Yeah, stayed at 15. Ric Flair had to... Ric Flair, though, can at least say one thing, though. His world title reigns meant something back in the day because you didn't just get a championship and you weren't like you and, weren't winning it as much. And I mean that's something. And like his least, title reigns are actually from what I was reading closer to like twenty five when yeah. you actually factor in other promotions out there yeah. that that WWE doesn't really count. Yeah. Well, I think I think the way WWE counts it's the big three: NWA, WCW, WWE. And I mean, that's just, I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I've heard the argument that a lot of fans make too, where uh, Flair's reigns are supposed to be higher. So, it is what it is. I mean, moving on, I'm sad that she got hurt. I don't really care. What are your thoughts on the program? Yeah, I really want to get your thoughts on this. Possibly, what is it? We're in what, June? The Rumble is in January, so you're talking... Possibly another seven to eight months of this program between the two of them. What are your thoughts? So the thing that I don't understand, I mean, you is it specifically them or like 
Could it be the, anybody? The report specifically says a triple threat program between Charlotte, Asuka, and Nia for the title. Because, I mean, there's there's nothing that could be said that, like, Nia could win the championship, have a feud, and then right around the time that Charlotte comes back, gets back into a program with Asuka somehow. And then see, Charlotte... that I could see. Yeah, that I could see. Where or, they take a break from the Nia-Asuka stuff yeah. for a few months and then get back into it. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. If they do it that way, I'd be okay with it. If this feud legitimately goes on for another seven months... Now, fucking give me Charlotte Flair. If Charlotte Flair comes back around Survivor Series, that's okay. I'm fine with that. I would rather see her come back around the Rumble, man. Yeah. She could be a surprise entrant, come back. And then I will say it this way if they held her out till the Rumble, she comes back, surprise entrant, wins it, and that's how they set up a triple threat at Mania. Maybe, Maybe it comes down to like her and whoever's not the champ. Let's say let's say Nia is the champ, so it comes on to Charlotte and Asuka, and maybe Charlotte does something to essentially screw over Asuka's chance. Yep. And so Asuka wants revenge, and there you go. You got the three-way. Now, there's one other way you can do this, though, too, that would make it interesting. So you have Asuka keep one of the, like, her championship. Nia Jax gets so close, loses. They build up another match. She loses. She gets one more shot. They pull the Velveteen Dream thing. As long as Asuka has the, the Raw Women's Championship, she can no longer compete for that title. She loses again. Hmm. Walks out on Raw, goes to SmackDown, wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then Charlotte comes back at Mania. Or uh, Rumble. Wins the Rumble. And she's like, well, I'll challenge you know, Asuka since you know that was who she was in the feud with. And Nia's like... Well, no, you can't do that because I've still got something to prove, and that's I'm going to put my championship on the line at Mania against Asuka. Hmm. Interesting. I dig that. My only thought was, what if they eliminate each other in the Royal Rumble? (laughs) And there's no clear winner. Have they ever done that? I don't actually know. Yeah, Batista, John Cena. Did they? uh, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. I don't know if I watched that one. No, but you definitely remember the John Cena Batista one because that was the night that Vince McMahon blew both of his quads. There you go. But yep. yeah, they they could do something like that too. But I I dig yours. So would you want like a unification style or a winner no. take all? Like what are you no. talking? About? You could do something along the lines of um, Oscar puts her title or um, Nia makes the offer, puts her title on the line. Charlotte wins, goes to SmackDown. Okay. So is Asuka's title not on the line then? I guess it. I mean, I, I hate to see another two-belt situation. Yeah. Because if you put that on the line, then whoever wins gets both the belts. Unless, they're, and, unless they have a plan to, like, unify. You know what I mean? Well, that would be a different story. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. So uh, we're going to move on. Now, we're going to stay in the world of the ladies, and talk about Axis TV and the women of wrestling no longer working together as the network will now be focusing all of its attention on Impact Wrestling. Uh, Axis has aired the uh, two seasons of Women of Wrestling. 
Um, and Women of Wrestling is expected to make an announcement about their distribution once the COVID restrictions have been lifted. Um, for those of you who don't know, Women of Wrestling uh, was created by the founder of GLOW, the uh, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Uh, you may recognize that from the Netflix series that uh, has got like three or four seasons now. Um, so yeah, this is essentially like the new, in like the recent incarnation. There's two seasons of it apparently. Um, it reminds me kind of like old school, like WSX or like uh, Lucha Underground, where it's like limited episode seasons and then they're not on air, as opposed to WWE and AEW and Impact, which is just literally year round. So I don't know if you've ever watched Women of Wrestling, um, but what are your thoughts on them? Cutting ties with them to focus on Impact. I mean, I know Access was given a lot of money by Impact Wrestling to to make this adjustment. Yeah. Um, I think it's unfair to the women of wrestling because they're they're pretty badass. Yeah. We know some people who worked for women of wrestling. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I feel shitty that they got shafted. Yeah. Excuse the metaphor, but. <laughs> I'm hoping that they find like some good, like, I don't, I don't even know where the fuck you watch Axis. Like I randomly found an episode of Impact while I was flipping through channels one night. I still don't know where the fuck I found it. I don't know what channel it was on. I don't remember what day it was on. I have no idea how to, how to fucking watch Impact. So I'm hoping that women of wrestling gets something better to where Hopefully. they can actually Otherwise, be this is probably going to be their downfall exactly be on a station or something where i can actually see them you know i feel like the same thing. thing could be said for ring of honor though yeah same thing though i'm pretty sure ring of honor is on i don't know if it's if they're new episodes but i'm pretty sure they're on like saturday afternoons i always see them on the weekends yeah or like 3 a.m on some random like <laughs> yeah i have seen that too <laughs> I am usually up around that time. Anytime I, I, I do, play. however, feel bad for a while. Yeah. Um, I I think, it, like I said, I, it's a shitty situation. Um, fuck access for being stupid enough to make that kind of decision. Now, do you think that they're actually going to be able to do anything good with Impact? Like to like like we've talked about before. Impact used to be like the number two. It was still, you had WWE and then Impact was still way down here. But now you've got AEW, it's pretty close to W, and Impact has dropped way down, in my opinion. From I, will, I will go on record for saying this one more time. I give Impact less than two years. Really? Close okay. their doors. Wow. Their, their viewership is down. Their ticket, uh, ticket sales before COVID were down. They've got. Not much of a roster anymore. I mean, yeah, they've got some things, but they're pulling too much out of the well right now to try and draw people back in. They're literally talking about bringing D'Lo Brown and the Aces and Eights back. Hmm. Well, they are also in talks, apparently, with a couple of other people. And we will get into that story, unless you have something else you want to add about the wild story. I mean, I know, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. And they're talking so, about the Good Brothers. I didn't know that was their name. To be honest with you, it's what they called themselves when they were like, like that was when they were hanging out with AJ. They were the good oh, ones. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't know that that Anderson was their. Anderson and Gallows. <laughs> you you stopped me for a second. I was like, 
I was like, are we talking about the same people? I didn't know that was their name. Yes, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson are reportedly being courted by Impact Wrestling in hopes to have them appear at Slammiversary next month. If they get the, I think that's a big get if they're able to do this. Uh, does that, by any chance, change your thoughts on this, this two-year prediction? Nope. If they happen either. to get them. Nope. No? No? All right. Let, let me ask you this, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the metaphor into a food metaphor for a second. <laughs> Why? Because I'm fat? No, but because it's easier to explain this way. Fair enough. If you take a rotten piece of fruit and you put it with a bunch of good fruit, what happens to the good fruit? Okay, I get it. It's spoiled. Are you saying that the impact is the rotten fruit? Yes. Okay. I'm saying that impact wrestling hasn't been able to find the same success that they had in the early 2000s. When like guys like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, as much as I hate them, Samoa Joe were on top. Those were three guys. They were homegrown talent. They were the guys who built Impact Wrestling from the ground up. Yeah. TNA started slacking. I'm going to call them TNA because that's what they are in my opinion. Okay. TNA really started dropping the ball when they started bringing in the Booker T's, the Scott Steiners. When they went all legend. Yeah. When they started bringing in like the main event mafia. A legends title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they still had it. But they didn't have it as well as they think they did. They were becoming WCW at yeah. the end of the WCW run when things weren't going good. Now, that being said, you fast forward a few years from that, and Sting is still like in the company. Sting is still doing his thing. He's trying to stay modern, so he starts doing the whole Joker gimmick, and they've got the aces and eights. Yeah. And Hogan's still calling the shots. And there's there's an issue. You can't let yesteryear's talent run the program with a bunch of guys who work differently than how they used to work. Yeah. You gotta understand. If and this is it's a general statement. If you can't evolve with your product, your product is gonna fail. This is where sometimes WWE has that problem because yes. Vince is stuck in his old ways in certain things. Which is why you tend to see like NXT, which is pretty much run by Triple H, do a bit Triple better. H, yeah. You know, because he's not stuck in that and that way well, he knows how to how to kind of move forward and that kind of stuff. To flip the metaphor back into a wrestling related style, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Two guys who came up about the same time. Bret Hart, who has a longer timeline with the wrestling world. Because, you know, he trained with his father and shit like that. Had his foot in the business technically first. But who lasted longer? Yeah. Now, granted, I know Bret Hart had that, that concussion from Goldberg. It took him out of the game a little bit earlier than it should have. But let's face it. Shawn Michaels had the better career. Yeah. Now, Shawn Michaels evolved with the company. and He changed his gimmick over time to fit where he needed to be. Bret Hart did not. It was constantly the same Same with Bret at any time. I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I said it before, I'll come out to the ring, I'll kick your butt. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm Canadian. Like, people fucking care. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why Bret Hart didn't go anywhere. I respect yeah. him and I, I respect what he brought to the ring and I respect the career he had. But, I mean, you've seen one Bret Hart match, you've seen them all. 
he seemed unwilling to change. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I really, I really drug that out of what That's you asked of me. Fine. That's fine. Uh, we're gonna move on from rotten fruit to uh, a nice big fucking just basket of fresh voluptuous fucking fruit in AEW. <laughs> really funny because there is some fruit coming up. Okay. Uh, so, uh, first off, Chris Jericho will be on commentary for night one of a uh, little bit about your thoughts on, on Chris Jericho sitting at the desk for a change. Uh, and then we're going to get into the card for Fighter Fest a little bit. I mean, he's done it during this whole COVID thing. He goes out to the desk once in a while. Jericho's talented, man. Like, he yeah. can sit at that desk and call commentary better than, like, 20-year vets on commentary. It's true. Uh, and he has a match the second night. That's why he's only on commentary the first night. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, Fighter Fest, uh, two-night or two-week event. So I guess you could call it two nights because they're on they're, it's two separate nights. Um, July 1st, so this coming Wednesday, and the following Wednesday, July 8th. On night one, we get the TNT Championship, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Jake Hager, see, I pronounced his name. I said his name right this time. Uh, the AEW World Tag Team Championships: Kev- Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus Best Friends. AEW Women's Championship: Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. Uh, then we have MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express and Private Party. Uh, I think I think Matt Hardy's with them. Uh, Right? Is he, yeah. So I think he's he's supposed to come out with them, is what I mean. Um, versus Santana and Ortiz. So uh, what are your thoughts on this on this card for on this for the first night at least? I think that's a great first night card. Yeah. I man. mean, I'm absolutely excited for at least a couple of those matches. Uh, I love the best friends. Chuck yeah. And uh, where's Trent? Yeah. I feel like they stacked night one a little bit too, like because. Night one has three title matches, whereas night two only has one. Yep. So like, I feel like they should have put either the the tag team or the women's on the second night. I probably would have moved the women's over and give them a better spotlight. Yeah. Um, and of those first five, which one are you most excited about? <sighs> probably the tag match. Tag match? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Ken, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the uh, best friends. That one, or because there's Hangman a few. Page. That's what it says on my notes. That's what it said on the listing. His name is Hangman Adam Page. Oh, it just says Hangman. Literally, it just says um, Hangman Page. Also, That's, did you uh, mention which members of Jurassic Express are wrestling? Uh, I mean, not on the thing that I found. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure it's out probably there. Probably gonna be Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. It's just, yeah. I just kind of like copy and pasted this to, to have the, uh, to, so we yeah. knew. What I, I, I like where that tag match is going because it's got potential to be great. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Uh, and then we got night two, July 8th, the AEW World Championship, John Moxley versus Brian Cage. Now, this match may not happen. If, if Moxley is unable to because of being pulled from, uh, TV because of being quarantined, it might not happen. And if that's the case, then there's no title match on night two, which is why I think they shouldn't stack three title matches on night one. Sure. Personally, 
Um, so I don't know if there's going to be some shifting just for for just in case. Uh, maybe put the TNT. Maybe put the the TNT title match. Like switch them so that way if the world championship match doesn't happen, you still have the other two title matches, True. and that way night two will still no matter what have a title match. True. So that, that that I think that could be a, a better idea. Um. So then we also have Orange Cassidy versus uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh, FTR and the Young Bucks versus uh, Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros. Then Nia Rose versus uh, a to-be-determined opponent. They, they, they haven't announced who she'll be fighting, but that she will be uh, on, competing on night two. I'm going to make a prediction now. Awesome Kong. Really? Hmm. Okay. Okay, I like that prediction. Uh, then Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, uh, and SCU versus Brody Lee, Stu Grayson, and Colt Cabana. So, thoughts on night two? Definitely not stacked as well as night one. Right, not that's really, what I'm saying. Um, definitely not as excited for those matches. Yeah. But you know what match I am excited for. Yeah, I think that will be that will be a good one. Um, yeah, I don't. I think they might want to consider a little rearrangement on their card. I mean, hey, I don't run the company. You do what you got to do, Tony Khan. That ain't up to me. But if it was up to me, <laughs> I would be mixing these cards up a bit. It definitely wouldn't look like this. So to paraphrase what Josh is saying. <laughs> He doesn't know how to run a company, but if he did know how to run a company, this is how he would do it. I didn't say that I didn't know how. I mean, we spent 10 years running our own company, booking matches, making them make sense, even when we were fighting three times a night and uh, booking those matches to make sense. I'm just saying, night two is very lackluster in comparison to night one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So... Like I said, three titles stacked in the first night and then one that might not even happen on the second night, they need to do some rearranging no matter what. Agreed. Uh, I am pretty excited in general for Fighter Fest to happen. Um, so what match are you looking forward to out of all of them? Out of all of them? Man, I do think that Orange Cassie match will be a fun, fun watch. Um, if Moxley's able to be there, I love watching him him do his thing. And uh, honestly, yeah, I think that tag match, it sounds interesting to me. I don't know. I'm fascinated. I know. I know. You and your fucking, your fucking orange cast. I'm going to fucking. Told you there was fruit. It's freshly squeezed. It's fucking Apple Jared over here. That's your new name. Apple Jared. Don't, don't ask me why I went with Jared, but I did. Anyways. July 1st and July 8th will not only be the fantastic night of Fighter Fest. We're also going to see a little something called the Great American Bash. That's right. WWE, via their NXT brand, is bringing back the Great American Bash and will be going head-to-head with Fighter Fest both weeks for a two-week yep. event First off, before I get into the card, it's a limited card. I'll say that. Um, what are your thoughts about them 
first off, bringing back Great American Bash, and secondly, going head-to-head with Fighter Fest. First off, I think them bringing back the name for Great American Bash, I think that's kind of a slap in Cody's face. It, I'm I've, pretty sure that's why they did it, because Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. is the man who created it. Yeah. And even Cody's sister tweeted out that if they're going to use the name, they need to cut her mom a check. Hmm. Um, well, I, WWE owns it. I whether, know they do. Whether he created it or not, WWE owns it, and they don't have to do anything. I still feel like his family should get royalties off it, but Maybe. I don't know the agreement to them owning it anymore or anything yeah. like that or how royalties. I think, their- like, morally... You know, something like that should happen. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, they probably however, don't going have to. Head to head with Firefest, that's just fucking crazy. No. Fighter Fest. You don't want to call it Fire Fest. That's a whole different thing. Fighter Fest. <laughs> um, that's that's crazy of them. Like yeah, AEW and NXT are both really good products. To make the fans decide it's just gonna hurt both shows. It's fucking ballsy, man. Like, I understand they're like, okay, they're doing Fighter Fest. Essentially, we're, you know, we're going to, our, our, those two weeks are going to tank NXT for those two weeks. Because people are going to be like, well, fuck the regular episode of NXT. We're going to go watch fucking this, apparent, essentially, pay-per-view on, yeah. ju- just on television. Um, so they're like, well, we got to do something. And Great American Bash? Well, fuck, man. I mean, they just brought back In Your House. Yep. And now they're yep. doing Great American Bash. It's like, and yeah, like you said, it's kind of like a first off the name, and then going head to head with with Cody. Yeah, that's yeah. They're they're laying the gauntlet down, man. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at like fucking like Monday Night Wars style type shit going on here. These are the Wednesday Night Wars happening. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, think hey, about it. WWE's needed some freaking competition for years anyway. Yeah. So, you know, hold on. You know what I say to that? And I think NXT can, can handle it. I do. I have one I have one thing to say to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that'll actually show up in the recording. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, so, right now, it looks like there are four matches confirmed total between the two nights. Uh, so for night one, the confirmed matches are uh, the first ever NXT strap match with Roderick Strong and Dexter Loomis. Ooh. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the next one is a two-on-one mixed action handicap match. Aaliyah and Robert Stone versus Rhea Ripley. Nice. Uh, and if Rhea Ripley loses... She will join the Robert Stone brand. Interesting. Uh, and then the third one is a fatal four-way to crown a new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship to go up against Io Sh- uh, Shirai. And the four uh, contestants in this will be Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, and Mia Yim. So the four women that they've been focusing on for months. Yeah. Makes sense, though. Yeah. Um, so that's that's night one so far. I'm sure that there will be a couple more matches. I mean, it would be... I'm shocked that... I mean, we're less than a week away from night one. And they don't have a card set up. Like, you'd think that as soon as they drop 
the fact that they're doing this great American bash that they'd be like, and here's the card. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get ahead of it and get it out there. You like, I don't know what they're doing, but it, that card needs to come out. Like, I'm not like, why would I watch if I have no idea what I'm going to watch? Like, yeah. I don't know that like when I know what I'm going to get from night one, a fighter fest, which is a pretty stacked card, pretty stacked. And I only know these three matches. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I, I, and and none of them are title matches. You know, there's a number one contender match and a couple of, you know, interesting stip matches, sure. But none of them right at the moment are title matches for night one. Title match comes in during night two. And that's where we get Adam Cole versus Keith Lee and the winner-take-all match, which that's what I'm happens looking when forward to. only has, like, three titles, though. I mean, I get Four. it. Four, and I can't even remember the last time I saw the tag titles defended. Do they not have? Oh, well, I guess I guess the North American is their mid level. Technically, their mid level. Yeah, North right? Americans, their mid level. They have a women's. Yeah. They have the heavyweight, and they have the. Yeah. Oh, they also have the cruiserweight title though. Oh, okay. Which, like I said, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there's only that one match. Adam Cole, Keith Lee. That's the only match scheduled right now. That's confirmed for night two. Now, most likely. We will get the women's title match uh, as well. It's not confirmed, but it would make sense for them to have the number one contender match on night one and then have the actual title match on night two. It would make sense. And I think, I hope that's the way they do it. And I'm hoping that the, that we at least get two more matches on night one and we get the other, at least two more Title matches we get, or uh, yeah, the I'm other sure two we'll titles. We really see the cruiserweight championship defended because they've been really working it between him and I think it's Drake Maverick. He's been beating up, and there's no actual tag matches. Uh, like there's, like I said, there's that handicap match, but that's not actually a tag match. Um, so there's no tag matches confirmed yet, and I think that would be a a, a big missed opportunity to not have even just even if it's not for the title, but just have a tag match on the card somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm assuming there will probably be at least five matches on each night, just like, just like fighter fest. So we're looking at probably at least two more matches on night one and four more matches on night two. One of them, I, I fully believe will probably be that women's title match. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, what are your thoughts on night one and night two, the lack of confirmed matches and what are you? Hoping to see from this. I don't even know anymore, man. Because NXT has such a freaking... Like, they have a roster. So, I mean... But yeah. I think at this point, they're also trying to keep things like... Element of surprise. Yeah. Tune in. You never know what you're going to see. I guess, but... Oh! Uh, that'll backfire. Also, my while opinion. we're talking NXT, something just came to mind that I discovered the other day... That I was unaware of, but I found out. Okay. I answered one of our questions... In a sense, about somebody we had had a question about, okay. and that is, um, oh, I'm gonna butcher her name here. Blackheart. Oh, uh, Shotzi. Uh... Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah. So, did you know that Shotzi Blackheart is a huge comic book fan? I did not, but that's cool. So, is she being Tank Girl? Not essentially. Oh, okay. She at one of the upcoming events, though. Will be ghost ridering her tank <laughs> because she is a huge ghost rider fan, which is where the name Blackheart comes in. 
Cool. Okay. Boom. I'm fascinated. I still don't fucking know what her gimmick is. I think it's just geek gamer. Okay. Nerd. Whatever. <laughs> fucking. I don't think it screams that really, but hey, I mean, it's she's cool. And she she's interesting to see. Wants to do. She's interesting to see where she comes down. But I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck she's like. I don't know what this is. It's cool. This tank is neat, and she I looks can't wait cool. To see a Ghost Rider tank, dude. It'll be pretty sweet, man. I can, yeah, that looks. That sounds sweet. Um, but yeah. So let's go through these matches real quick. So we got the strap match: Roderick Strong, Dexter Loomis. What are your thoughts on that? Are you interested yeah. in a strap match? I'm, Do you I'm like either of these guys? Match. I don't really know much about Dexter Loomis. He is the one who put... Yeah, he was the one who was under the ring and put the guys and in, the nuts in the trunk. Besides that, though, I don't know anything of him. I don't yeah. know the gimmick. I don't know it. I mean, is he, is he Billy Loomis's cousin? Is he Dr. Loomis's nephew? Maybe I mean, he's he, uh, Dexter from Dexter's Lab, all grown up. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know much about him. I'll okay. probably pick up the win. All right. So, what about this handicap match, Aaliyah and Robert Stone versus Rhea Ripley? What are you thinking? Rhea Ripley. Yeah, you think she'll take it? Yeah. Yeah. It's time yeah. to break up the Robert Dude, Stone connection. She's fucking. I love Rhea Ripley, man. Well, Robert Stone's lost everybody lately. Is that the one that was with uh, Green? What's it? Yep. What's her first name? Chelsea. Chelsea. I almost called her Casey. I'm like, I don't think that's right. Could have just yeah. called a future Mrs. Uh, Oh, wait, Cardona? Guys, Cardona. I almost <laughs> called a rider. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually interested in that mixed action handicap match. You don't see stuff like that often. So I'm, I, I dig it. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, as far as that strap match goes, yeah, I'm interested in the strap match part of it. I don't really care that much about... I mean, I don't really know anything about Dexter Loomis. I don't really care that much about Roderick Strong. Whatever. I mean, he's fine. He's cool. Whatever. Um, and then the, uh, I, I'm actually, I think of the three, this fatal four way number one contender match for the women's title, that's probably gonna be the best match of these three. Probably. Yeah. You know, these are some top tier women's wrestlers and, uh, yeah. What, what I'm going to call it right now. It's either going to be, um, it's either going to be Candice LeRae or Mia Yim who wins that match. I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I was literally, as you were getting ready to say it, I was like, who would I pick? And that's literally who was in my head. So, yeah, get out of my goddamn brain, John. Uh, we all know what you feel about Adam Cole and Keith Lee, that Keith Lee is going to win. We all Adam know. Adam Cole, <laughs> <baby>! <laughs> um, What do you think the, the chances are that the women's title match will be on night two? I think there's a good chance of that, um, especially because, like, she'll have a week to rest in between. Um, Io Shirai will be fresh, which will be uh, it'll put more of an advantage in her court because uh, she won't have wrestled the week before. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And are there any matches that you'd like to see added to this card? Cruiserweight uh, championship for sure. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the the tag titles defended. Yeah, they. I definitely think there needs to at least be a tag match. Whether it's for the title or not, that's another thing. get off tonight, I am going to look and find out when the last time the tag titles were defended. Okay. Fair enough. Because honestly, I can't remember the last time I saw Undisputed Era defend them. 
And if even if they're still the champs. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, and before we move on to the next story, I just want to, your thoughts. Fighter Fest versus Great American Bash. Fighter Fest. All right. At this point, yeah. I, I Like I said, without a full card, there's no way that I'm going to say Great American Bash has got this. No. Like, I know what I'm getting from Fighter Fest. And yep. even though night two seems lackluster compared to night one, it's a full card that I know, and it's there's still some good stuff on there. That well, I that, excited that, I mean, you never know. Cards always, you know. No, I get that. I get that. But it, seeing what's on there can get you excited for oh, the night. Yeah. yeah. You know, right now I've got Adam Cole versus Keith Lee, which I'm excited for that as a match. But it's like, okay, and what else? I need to know. Otherwise, I'm not going to really be all that excited. You want me to click over to your station and watch that? You got to really give me a reason to oh, not yeah. be on the literally next channel because they're on back-to-back channels, at yeah. least where I live. They are on back-to-back channels. All right. So we are going to get into the final story <laughs> of the night. Two hours in, one more news story. We're not even done after that. All right. I'm going to bring this story in. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Children of all ages who should be in bed right now, because it's after midnight. We bring you the final chapter. Chapter 5. No. That's not a news story, John. You're forgetting. We have one final news story. Oh, shit. And that is Tessa Blanchard. Oh, yes! Fired from Impact and stripped of the world championship uh she has not competed since the pandemic began she's been living down in mexico and she apparently failed to turn in some promo work which got her in some pretty big trouble and then it also has come out that she has been accused of bullying spitting on and using racial slurs against a wrestler named black rose back in 2017 blanchard denies these allegations john thoughts on tessa Blanchard. Fuck Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> um, so look, I'm pretty sure I said a couple weeks ago, fire her. Pretty sure I said that. Uh, um, I know you I said need it. Somebody to I give know me you a review of my, my transcript. <laughs> um, look, you can't be the heavyweight champion of a company and decide you're going to take your ball, go home, and have them just give you the world. Yeah. Um, the fact that she sat at home for almost two months with the championship, and they brought Moose back in with the TNA world title. That says a lot to start. And it's like, I understand if maybe, like, I don't know if the Mexico border has been closed. Like, like how Canada, they closed their border and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't, I honestly don't know. I hadn't, I haven't thought about it until literally right now. It's well, um, crazy, because I mean, they were they, hyping up. They wanted her to send in video, which you can do over the internet. Yep. Promo work. And she just blew it off. Well, I mean, like I said, she's been sitting at home where she's pretty much just got comfortable and she's just like, eh. Now, I'm going to propose a... It's a far-fetched story that I think could really work with this. And you just got to hear me out on this because it sounds crazy on the surface. 
But if you dive into this one, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Tessa Blanchard comes to the WWE. Okay. You skip her right over NXT. You straight main roster her. And there's a reason for this. I know she's not one of the Sasha, Bailey, um, Charlotte, Becky, Becky, four horsewomen. But you start a legitimate claim towards a four horsewomen of the WWE. Okay. That got um yeah i mean you could legitimately have charlotte flair who's obviously rick flair's kid and you got tessa blanchard who is uh one of the blanchard kids so that's two legit claims to the four horsewomen all you would have to do is find somebody who could fill the spots of like another somebody from like somebody who's been in the um like a wrestling family yeah. So like somebody, a like a Tamina. Yeah, I, absolutely you could use Tamina. I would love to see it stay within the Horseman bloodline, but I don't I don't know that there's enough people right now. Yeah, that that I don't know. Um but yeah, fuck that. Use Tamina. It's like is there an Anderson out there somewhere? I don't know. I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. And I mean, it, that would even give the chance that you know, Rick Flair's been cleaning up and trying to get his shit together. You could have him mentor the four horsewomen. Yeah. And he could be like, you know, back in my days, girls, this is how we did shit. We were styling and profiling. And the girls could be like, we got this. I mean, Tessa Blanchard, whether you like her or hate her, dude, she is now main event status. I mean, she's the first female heavyweight champion of a company. She is like 20-some years old. She set the pace for herself. Yes, she's going to have a little bit of a black mark on her career right now because of all the shit she's pulling. Yeah. But at the same time... That, and that's where, like, everything you're saying sounds interesting. But with the the bullying and, and racial slur stuff that's come out, and then yeah. the the just what seems like apathy for the job, uh, I don't know if another, especially a bigger, like WWE or AEW, I don't know if either of them would touch her, at least not right now. I mean, you can't call somebody the N-word and expect to, like, walk everyday life and have nothing done about that. You don't do it. As far as getting past it, I mean, you gotta move... I'm not saying forgive. Never forgive that shit, but, I mean, you can't kill her over it either. I mean, so move past it. Has she ever? Because like, she's denying. It's like, she's denying that she's that she, did it ever happen. She has said that she has never in her entire life used a racial slur, ever. I, and see, I have a hard time believing that because doesn't everybody? Even when well, I, you know, when we were younger, you say stupid shit that you regret. It makes it's hard for me to believe that. Not one single time ever. Yeah, and that's why I said, I mean, like, I'm calling... And she specifically said that. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, because, I mean, even even if you're eliminating, like... People are going to start digging through her past. Oh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, even if you eliminate, like, black stereotypes out of this one, you're going to tell me you've never told, like, a, a, a racist joke? Yeah. Whether yeah. it be, like... Yeah, you, you never know, done, used a stereotype or any of that stuff. Yeah. Like I mean, 
Yeah, that's a, that's one of those things you can't just say shit like that. You better have solid. I have. I just have a feeling somebody is is sitting on their computer at like four in the fucking morning, sipping their Mountain fucking Dew, and just digging through years of Twitter posts. You know what, what, what I mean? is that old expression about glass houses? <laughs> Don't throw stones. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if that counts here, but fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, Tessa Blanchard, no more with Impact. And that is all the news. So, Johnny, you want to take us in to the next section of the podcast? Rewind that, rewind that tape. About ages. For those of you who are still with us after two hours and 15 minutes... Let's review The Last Ride, Chapter 5. The final chapter of the Phenom story. He shall be the Undertaker. All right. There it is. So, The Undertaker, The Last Ride, Chapter 5, Revelation. And this was a revelation, man. It starts off at the end of Extreme Rules. Uh, he's telling Vince that he's done. They showed this uh, toward the end of chapter four, so yeah. they're you know they're hooking it right to it, moving us forward. You jump two months in, Madison Square Garden. He gets real reflective in a post match talk. I love that. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on on just how intimate he got during this this talk? Well, for one, I noticed I had to go back and double check this, which was something that I had caught on, but I thought I was going crazy. Every episode starts with the way the last one ended. It was kind of like the hook and ladder into the next episode. It was a refresher. I thought that was really cool. Um, His reflection, though, at Madison Square Garden. I was watching the night he went out there, and he was talking about, you never know how many more of these moments you've got. And, you know, I remember sitting there being like, shit, he's right. Like, you don't know. That's That's a thing. And... Just because it needs to be brought up, Taker throwing a Kobe is fucking amazing. Um, but man, watching him reflect on how much time do you have left? I mean, that, that hits you personally. That doesn't even have to hit you on a professional wrestling level. Yeah, that hits every person in a different way. And I'm just like, God, man, like. And that's that's, that's a side of the Undertaker that you, you, we've never seen, even throughout uh, this documentary. Me and you had talked about this chapter alone. Did a very good job at, now that they've covered most of the career, and this was the wind down between, not to spoil anything, but this was the wind down between his appearance at Extreme, or, um, yeah, it was, no, no, sorry. Madison Square Gardens, all all the way up through um, his last match at At Mania. So this was a really good chance to pull the curtain back and you get really introduced to Mark in this. And I don't, I'm still going to call him Undertaker. I know like this is like the veil's pulled back and he is who he is now. But in my personal opinion, he's still the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, And I'm just, I'm taken back because I mean, man, I've been watching this dude since 1991. Yeah. And I'm like, man, after like a 30 year career, you're done. And I'm, I'm sad. It, this was a really good chapter for him, though. Yeah, that that whole talk at at, at MSG, you know, he he talks about how he's he's coming to terms 
with you know the fact that this his career is is pretty much at an end you know yeah. and then he and he talks about his dad and that really got me you know when he started talking about his dad um because i mean for those of you who know me my father passed away earlier this year and so pr- lately pretty much anytime someone's reflecting on their father it hits me hard you know and you know how his dad would kind of shake his head at him when he would be putting on his eye makeup and stuff but but he still supported him you know he was still there for him even though he didn't quite understand this life that he was that he was living he he was still there for him and and, and my dad was like that you know there are things that he he would shake his head at me like why why do you do stuff like that you know dude I'm not even sure your dad one time asked me why I was wearing eyeliner oh I'm sure I would not be surprised (laughs) um but yeah that that got me um and then you know his appearance on Austin's show you know he again diving deep into things you know um Getting to see him train uh, with all those young guys again—I I, I love that kind of stuff too. You know, you got to see him talk to a bunch of the a bunch of the like the newer people. Like you saw Keith Lee in that room. He was kind of—I think it was like big guys—is what the whole thing was. He was yep. kind of showing all these bigger wrestlers how to really make a name for yourself and be able to work and, and do things that aren't boring in the ring. And did I really you notice, I found that fascinating. Did you notice? Um... Tazawa's seven foot six ninja was in that room. Was he really? Awesome. He was the black guy sitting at the head of the table. Oh, okay. That's really cool. That is actually really cool. Um, so then it moves on uh, to the stuff with AJ Styles and The Undertaker. AJ, apparently, I didn't know this. AJ reached out to Taker to because he wa- he during the Broken Skull sessions, Taker. Essentially, I mean, he didn't like flat out come out and say that he he wanted to do one more match, but he alluded to the fact that he felt like he wanted to do one more match. And that was pretty much going to be it. And AJ Styles really wanted. Now he he winds up doing more than just one match, uh, you know, leading toward the end of his career. But um, I think what he really meant is he wanted one more WrestleMania. Yep. You know what I mean? No matter what happens in between there, he wanted one more WrestleMania, and AJ wanted it. And he reached out to the Undertaker, you know, and I was like, "That's ballsy, man!" And I, I, I got a lot of respect for AJ, especially after watching watching this this documentary. Um, so, we talked about this the other day. How awesome of a pat on the back is it for AJ Styles to have somebody like the Undertaker say, "I'm going to work with this young guy because he's the safest dude in the business. There is nobody better." Then AJ Styles. Even Michelle said that, like when, yeah. when they were, she was talking about, it, she was like, he was considering it, and she's like, if you're gonna do this, there's literally nobody better right now than AJ Styles. I mean, I know that I don't always agree with his gimmick, but that legit puts AJ pretty much top of the company right now. Mm-hmm. He is essentially like a handpicked guy to take over and like oh, take yeah. his image. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, then they then they go to uh, Saudi Arabia, back to Saudi Arabia for super Shmo- uh, super showdown uh, in February of this year. Um, it was pretty much the last one of the last things that that WWE did with a crowd. Yep. Um, uh, and he fought against AJ there, and that was a 
that was a hell of a match. You know what I mean? He getting back into shape, showing that he still has, you know, juice left, you know, to do this. He still has gas left in the tank. Um, And, you know, he, he had like a stretch of like three bad matches there and it, and it brought him to the point. Yeah. Like where he didn't, he felt like he he didn't want, he was done. And that's why when that extreme rules match happened, and it was fantastic. He was like, well, I finally had a fantastic match. Maybe I should be done. Yeah. You know, end on a high note. Um, but he continued that high note throughout, you know, these, these last uh, little bit of time that he had uh, doing his wrestling stuff. Um, we get to see some behind the scenes for the Boneyard match that eventually would come to take place. And we finally, finally understand what the fuck he was talking about when he says the unholy trinity, it never even fucking crossed my mind. And I feel a little stupid about it, to be told. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't feel stupid, because <laughs> the way it was worded, it would have eluded anybody who wasn't fully paying attention. Yeah. But it's, when I talked about this, it made a hell of a lot more sense when you really stopped. Yes. And when you when you go back and, like, think about, or, or and I'm sure if you go back and watch it, you'll probably even see it even more. And, like, when they were showing the clips from the match... You see, he is literally embodying all three of his himself. So we got the Undertaker, the American Badass, and Mark Calloway, the Unholy Trinity, and you saw all of them oh, inside absolutely. of this match. You know, it was like, well done. Yeah, it, like he was able to showcase every single aspect of himself. And it's something I didn't think about as I watched the match the first time when we when, when we were watching WrestleMania. I didn't think about that. I'm like, yeah, I saw like, okay, yeah, man, he's he's taking a little bit of the of, of the American badass, mixing it with a little bit of, of his you know normal Undertaker stuff. But I I didn't think of it that way, that he's literally harnessing these three parts of himself to to take on AJ and and, and all these people. And it was it was fascinating after he explained it and just. To think about it that way. One thing that I know you have in the notes to talk about is let's talk about how hard WrestleMania had to be for him. Yeah. With the loss of his brother. Yeah. Loss of his brother. And and I didn't write it down, but Michelle's cousin, I think. It was cousin or nephew. No, I think it was her nephew. Also died, like, right at that same time. Yeah. So, I mean, Um, going into WrestleMania, like, how do you... How do you put on potentially like the and he wasn't feeling good as well, so like how do you go and like work the like toughest fucking match of your life with all that shit riding on you like that? Yeah, I like when 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 my dad died. You, you I mean, you were there for all this stuff, and yes. and there were times where there's no way I could have done, I could have continued on doing something like that. It was hard enough just fucking going through random boxes of stuff let alone playing a character and putting on a fucking show and and doing all this and i don't know if i could have you know um and yeah it had to have been incredibly difficult and i i have so much respect for him you know for being able to to do that you know it's insane and like you see him when he talks about it you know he starts to well up and it's like that's not a side of the Undertaker no. that you've ever no. seen, ever. And just that's one of the parts I started crying 
Oh, you know, absolutely. Because it's just like, how could you not? You know what I mean? Like that kind of raw emotion coming from a man like him. Like, yeah, that's is. But it was a great fucking match. You know, he put on like the two of them. Fuck, man. It was. I, it, I don't know if you could do much better to go out on. You know what I mean? I don't think so. Not like, personally. Yeah, it's it's crazy how just how intricate that match was, and they, they talk about how it took them hours. You know, they were there until like five a.m. doing oh, that yeah. thing. You know, um, you know, he got his arm all fucked up when he smashed the window out of the out of the hearse, and they had to stop production. You know, clean out all the glass out of his fucking arm and get him all bandaged up. And he talks about how um, something that I have experienced, and I'm sure you have experienced, the standing around, you know, the adrenaline coming down. And you start oh, to yeah. feel the pain. And then how do you go back out? You know what I mean? It's hard to get back You're out of that groove because you're out, you know, you're feeling everything. You're not in the moment anymore. Absolutely. But he, but he did. And you could kind of see it at times. Like, I remember us talking while watching that match. You know, there was a point where he looked fucking gassed, you know, when he's like fighting those fucking druids and shit, yep. you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a like a situation like that where, OK, they had to okay, we're going to reset stuff. We're going to get ready for this shot. And he's standing around. His adrenaline comes down. He's feeling the pain of all of it. And they're like, OK, now action. Let's do this. Boom. All the all the druids come out and he has to fight and he's he's gassed because of it. And I, oh, yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then they jump a couple months later. Uh, he's just he's just kind of reveling in the in the kind of like almost freedom, you know, that he's got, you know. Yep. Because I think even then he knew, you know, he knew he was that was it, you know. He hadn't told anybody at least not like publicly, but he knew, and I think he was he had come to terms with that, and 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 he officially retired, you know, and. I found that I found out about it. I had it spoiled for me because you know that's the way the internet works. Um, <coughs> literally that night, like that day, you know, because it I think it aired, I think it dropped early in the day on yeah, that Sunday, and like later in that evening, literally Undertaker retires. I'm like, well, shit. I guess I need I really need to fucking watch this thing. Um, so I knew about it before I watched it, but I'm curious about. If I had been able to watch it without knowing that, how my reaction would have been, you know, would it, would, would it, do you think that you would have expected it as we watched through it? Do you think you would see it coming? I kind of half expected it to start, um, mainly because, I mean, it, it's legitimately called The Last Ride. Yeah. And yeah, I know it's his finisher, but I mean. It's a nice it double is, entendre. It is. Um, I'm just, I'm still taken back by the fact that he's no longer going to do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the guys, I mean, like, I'm, I'm a Taker fan. Like, I don't hesitate to tell people that. Yeah. Taker's on my Mount Rushmore. Um. I know our friend Michelle, huge yeah. Undertaker fan. She was devastated when she found out. Yeah, it's, it was a sad thing, man. I mean, like, there's not many matches that I can think of in my career where I'm like, man, like... Oh, I mean, we got great matches from him. And, mm -hmm. I mean, things like Hell in a Cell, they're around because of guys like Taker. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. 
So this was overall a fantastic documentary series. Um, I don't think that I don't think that there's at least at this stage, I really don't think there's anybody else that they could do something like this with and have oh. it hold as much depth and as much uh, power to it uh, as this one did. I, I think it's also kind of cool because me and you were talking about this the other day. How I had heard a couple people complaining about how Taker gets this five-part series, and nobody else has ever gotten anything like this. But at the same time, other guys have gotten DVD sets, and yes, we've gotten Undertaker gift sets and box sets before. Where it's like matches with yeah. matches. We've never gotten the background on Taker before, where we get like a lot of that from a lot of these three-disc sets. It's uh-huh. like, here's this documentary about a person, and then here's two discs full of nothing but matches. Yeah. This was kind of that with The Undertaker, and I liked that. Yeah. And absolutely. I would watch this again. Oh, absolutely. A part of me just wants to sit down, take the four to five hours, and just fucking binge watch the entire thing and just see how it flows together as one, uh, and, and just experience that is just one big old thing um absolutely yeah it, it was it's fantastic uh if you guys haven't watched any of it fuck it what are you doing yeah get out there if you don't have the wwe network sign up for a free fucking month and just watch the damn thing literally yeah, on behalf of off the ropes with john and josh let me just say thank you taker thank you very much yeah it's just like ah man I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I, don't, I feel like we've pretty much said all we can say. Pretty much, it. yeah. Let's not oh, be uh, dead horse. That's true. I mean, unless you got a big enough stick, then we'll we'll give it a heave-ho. Uh, <laughs> this has been episode number eight of Off the Ropes with John and Joss. I want to say thank you to everybody out there who watches this show, who listens to us for just ramble on about fucking shit for fucking two and a half goddamn hours absolutely Uh, this is a crazy long episode but you know what i hope that it was worth it we're Uh, really sorry about the the length of this one but this is shit that really needed to get addressed and off the chest yeah and it's it built like like i said we we recorded like two weeks ago and this shit just built and built and built and built and built over these two weeks and it had to it had to be addressed you know there's no way around it it would be a disservice to you guys as fans to not talk about all that shit that went down. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So our next uh, our next episode will will be. I mean, I'd like to do one about Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. Uh, get a chance to watch those. Um, so we'll probably do one in a couple of weeks after those have aired. Absolutely. And, and we're able to watch them. Um, and then we'll be doing our Extreme Rules match a couple or our Extreme Rules uh, episode uh, a couple weeks after that because I think it's on the nineteenth, I believe. I so. uh, is is Extreme Rules the uh, what I'm not going to say the subtitle of? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so again, thank you so much for watching. Please check us out on all the social medias uh, at Off the Ropes JJ. You can find us on right here on YouTube. And on Anchor, depending on how you're listening and or watching Absolutely. this, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Twitter, all at Off the Ropes JJ. And, and I know Josh is constantly posting stuff on Twitter. I try to uh, be, I try, I try to be on there. I really, I really do. I'm not the greatest social media person, but I try 
to get on there. I'm not great on if, Facebook, so I apologize. If, there, if there is but. anybody who would like to come on and work with us as a social correspondent, you're social not going to get paid. be a social media expert. Um, we'll, we, hell, fuck, we'll have you on the show. That could be your payment. Absolutely. You talk some shit with us. It'd be awesome. But that yeah, great. I'm not great with that stuff. <laughs> I try, but you know, it is if you want to apply, hit us up, let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so be sure to hop, hop on to any of those places, chat with us uh, again, off the ropes, JJ, and go on to anchor.fm slash off the ropes, JJ, and leave us a fucking voice message. Just one goddamn message. One fucking message, please. Thank you. And if you want more content, uh, we have a Patreon. And, uh, I mean, we don't have anybody on there yet, but I would love to get some people to give us a reason to actually start doing some new content for you guys. Uh, so please, patreon.com slash off the ropes. JJ, there's lots of tears. And if you and, want to sit through the old boring shit, go back to the original uh, Off the Ropes, watch some of our old episodes, catch yourself up. It was up. very uh, informational. Um, it's, it's like, it was almost like a classroom lesson. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And we did some like pay-per-view reviews and stuff as, as well, but yeah. Look, look, the actual... You tune in, you're going to at least get to see Bill Goldberg, Matt Hardy, Brittany Force. Uh, yeah, at least those three. Uh, unfortunately, some of the other ones that didn't make it onto the show disappeared off of various things because of various animals that like to knock over hard drives. You know. Not my animals. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I think Hack... Didn't Hacksaw make it into one of the episodes? No, but I still have Hacksaw's. Uh, fucking aid, because that's a great interview. Uh, we may have to put it into one of these at some point. And there's three questions... Hacksaw Jim Duggan, where he tries to fucking choke me, and it's amazing. He does choke you. His hands are huge, man. They're fucking huge. Some some of the greatest memories I have of independent shows are talking to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's true. Yeah, he's awesome, dude. Uh, But yeah, so do all those things. Uh, John, where can they find you now? Well, like I said earlier in this episode, I am on Facebook at Made. Um, I am on Twitter at forward slash. You don't have simply, to say forward slash, just say at. Oh, okay, at simply sane J1. That's right. And that simply is that sane. is in support of my podcast, Simply Sane with J, the Not Your Mama's podcast. Bam. That's right. That Not is also on Anchor. Yes. Leave him a voice Ladies message. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not checked Anchor out, you need to check Anchor out. Oh, but- and, and real quick, our podcast, Off the Ropes with John and Josh, is now on Apple. That's right. Woo-hoo. You can go to Apple Podcasts and find it in, in your feed. Subscribe, rate, and review. If you give us a five star, I'll read it on fucking air. I promise you I will. Give you Where a shout out. Find you, sir. Uh, you can find me at uh, JP Rayner. That's uh, at JP R A Y N O R. Uh, you can also find me at my other site. It's Merc of the Movie Blog uh, on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. Have all kinds of cool uh, shit going on over there. So uh, hit me up. I don't know how cool the Schmodown is, but sure, oh. we'll go with that. Fuck you, man. The Schmodown is awesome. And I can't wait for Chris Jericho and Kevin Smith to do their fucking thing on that thing, man. It's yes, going to be sir. awesome. 
Uh, so again, this has been episode number eight, Off the Ropes with John and Josh. I am Josh. I'm always John. And we are down, down to the count. What, what? Time.